What's up, folks? Well, here we are, the final interview of 2022, and it's a good one. About three minutes after I thought about the idea of the Hustle and Bruce podcast, I knew I was going to eventually sit down with this guy and maybe his brother. Then, after years of saying that, we made it happen. Throughout those years, we learned more about the story of these hustlers and realized this would be the perfect opportunity to include a hustler's better half to focus on that aspect of the hustle. On episode 22, we sat down at Kier Conspiracy Company in Fairfax, Ohio, and got deep into the hustle with Andy Sturm, co-owner of SNS Management and his beautiful wife Janelle, and their inspirational story of building an empire together as a couple that have been in it to win it since day one. We love these two as individuals, and hearing their come-up story from a couple's perspective really reminded us of ourselves to a degree. Our personal motto is grind together, shine together, and these two are great examples of this. This isn't just a hustle story, it's a love story. I admire this guy more than he probably knows because he's in a game that I love, and I've really never met anyone who has built something so freaking impressive. We have quite a few similarities too. He comes from a modest upbringing, he's super close to his brother, he's in the real estate game, he's a family man, and he has an amazing down-ass woman by his side supporting him. He's as humble as they come, too. If there was a Hustler of the Year award, I'd give it to this guy, no doubt. He and his brother have made something out of nothing, and they deserve every ounce of success they've earned and will receive. To me, they are the American dream and a shining example of how to hustle. If you're interested in investing in real estate, buckle up. This one's going to blow you away and get you fired up. John Blaze, let's get it. When we were kids, we grew up with a lot of like uh, freedom, freedom to do kind of what we wanted. Like we, our parents let us make choices. They encouraged they, it. They, yeah, they encouraged us to make choices, and, and then and then reap the benefits of those or, or the consequences of those choices. Mm-hmm. You know, and we had to we had to take those on. So it, it taught us a, a lot of things like perspective and, and hard work and, and stuff like that. And I think I've always been a hard worker. You have and, to be. And they uh, you can't do what you're doing without yeah, being a hard worker. Yeah, and I think. So I think my parents really just encouraged us to, to fail and really show us that, that that failure was not a problem. When we talk about the hustle, Cincy Brews Traveler, support local, support local. I share craft brews with local entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. I share craft brews with local entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. Support low, support low, support low. All right, we're we're here with another episode of the Hustle and Brews podcast. I'm your host, the Cincy Brews Traveler, and I've got my beautiful wife Chanel D with me again. And today we have, well. It's a unique situation that we have. We have the hustler and the power couple together. <laughs> so we've got Andy Sturm and Janelle Sturm, and it's SNS Management, right? Okay. It's fucked up because I was like, I don't even really know what his company's called. I just, <laughs> I just know what you do, and I yeah. know you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, I have. To, that's why I was actually picking up the book here. I was like, maybe it'll say. It does right yeah. there. So welcome to the show, man. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Most of the time when I when I do this, uh, I'm interviewing somebody that fucking doesn't know anything about me. You know what I mean? Sometimes I interview friends like I'm doing now, but 
I know you've listened to this podcast. Like, yeah. I didn't have to hit you up with any, like, of the, the only question that I ask. I know you know it already. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a unique situation. And then we had your wife on because we've, I don't think we've ever done that. We've had partners in the business, but yeah. one thing that she always asks about, and I think, because I didn't talk to anybody from the brewery. We kind of threw this together at the last minute of where we were going. So nobody's going to come on and talk about beer and shit like that. We'll kind of talk about what we're drinking, but I want to fill that space with the family life aspect because I feel like that's something that she loves to touch on. Like, she'll ask that. Well, because I'm... I don't have a business. I mean, my business is... I'm the support function, so... But you... I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm But just, the support function it's is... It's everything. so critical. It's you know so what I mean? Like, if, if the support isn't there, you're, you're, you're doomed. Screwed. You're doomed in your business. Or in your marriage you know what I mean or your life because if somebody isn't down with this ridiculous mindset it can all come crumbling down yeah and and she was definitely a big support for me sure you know like in the beginning we took everything that the company made and if we never paid ourselves she supported me 100% no shit yeah yeah like she until we had our first kid I paid every single bill house payment because it was all getting reinvested yeah, right. everything. Yeah, everything. everything. It was like, it's like it wasn't our money. It was like the business's money. You know? Yep, that's what, we call it imaginary money. Like yes. it doesn't exist. I mean, that's yeah. how I see it. it I don't like, ever see it. <laughs> it was like it was like a tool to, to accomplish sure. things. It yeah. wasn't. It, it wasn't. It was something an employee. Yeah, it was just something that we could do anything with. It was just like, oh, we can we can go get more houses or do different things with it. Yeah. That, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I do that. She says that all the time, but I was like, you don't understand. This money has a job. Yeah. Like this money has, I have purpose. When we when we make this, it has to go towards working towards more. You know what I mean? And when she says that to people, like I don't know, people will ask questions sometimes, like when we're out at dinner or something, and she's like, "No, nah, it's all imaginary money." <laughs> she's like, "We never see it. We, yeah. we never see that money." But like, it's yeah. it's over there. It's yeah. doing something, but it's yeah. it's just not tangible. I guess yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. You're not you're not folding it's just it up. Working. Or, it's yeah, working. yeah. What you said you said on one of the podcasts that you said you wanted to make like a certain amount of money an hour, a minute, or something like that. Minute like, money. While you, yeah, minute money while you sleep or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So like, and just passively. Yeah. Like five, uh, 20 cents a minute is about 105000 a year, and that's breathing money. I call it like breath money, too. Like, like every time I breathe, even when I'm sleeping, there's money pumping. You know what I mean? And that's kind of, I still look at it like that. Even though I, I work a job where it's like I need commissions and stuff, yeah. the rentals are minute money. And I'm nowhere near my... 20 cents and I don't know maybe we're yeah I was like I don't I haven't, that I haven't like it's added not that it up much now. but I yeah because we've sold some rentals and stuff so I haven't really calculated what our minute money is but mm-hmm. it's like that's that, like wealth versus rich you know like the, yeah. the money that just keeps coming yep. yeah it's always there like it doesn't matter what happens with me as a real estate agent or, or whatever that's going to keep pumping you know what I mean and that's I think that was probably like a rich dad poor dad thing when I read that book. Like I, I started thinking of things in terms of that. So I don't know. That was a mind switch for me. So yeah. let's get it over with, man. What's what's your why? Uh, we don't even know like what he does yet. Right? Doesn't matter. We can talk about that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're you're correct. The why the why can be, stand alone. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but because it's like it's well, hold on. Like we didn't even get into like tell everybody like what do you do? So. Property management, property um, yeah, ownership. Yeah, you're you're you're, and it's funny because I, I listened to Marco uh, talk about the last podcast with uh, Com, 
where he said building an empire. He goes, empire seemed so like a bad term because you got to take over things in order to have an empire. But like, I mean, you essentially are doing that. You're you're building up your property ownership. Yeah. I mean, you have a set goal. I know that because of what yeah. you brought to the table. But <laughs> yeah. So it, like, what? It's you there's, acquire there's kind of two There's kind of two companies. There's a SNS Capital Group, which is the the company that buys the properties and owns the properties, and then there's SNS Management, which is the company that manages all the day to day things that go on at the properties. So uh, the SNS Management is the one that takes the majority of uh, attention and time. Sure. So that's where we, you know I would say I, I spend the most of my time working on. SNS Capital Group really is only active during an acquisition. Sure. So, so you're an investor and a landlord and sure. a property manager. Yes. Yeah. So like and we, so much more, but that's I mean yeah. in a nutshell that's what you're doing. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, I think a lot of a lot of investors will go get a third-party management company. Yeah. And we tried to find one of those that we felt was good, adequate. Sure. Um, so we kind of reverse engineered that and and started calling listings that were available for rent and to see who was responsive, who was doing a great job. Good and shit. we probably called so many places, we got terrible, terrible results. <laughs> For real? Yeah, terrible results. I mean, no no answers, no callbacks was really common, but then when you would get it, you'd be like, what's up, hello, you know, and it just nothing. And no one was selling, no one was eager to get, get you in the door as a, you know, a potential customer or anything like that. We, I mean, 30, 40 different. When was this? Like, what time period is this? This was in 2015, it? probably. Okay. 2015. So there was still like a need. It wasn't like the market is now. Yeah. Like, yeah. like where you, it's super easy to fill these units up, but they just didn't give a shit. No, they didn't care. And it was basically so that kind of led us to form the SNS management. We were like, well, we can. There's obviously a need for a really good quality management company, and we don't want to give these these assets to someone else to to run into the ground. Sure. Um, so we're gonna. We're gonna do it ourselves. So that's kind of the way SNS management one. So the thing that you didn't even know you were gonna do turned into the thing that you work on mostly on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's only seven years old at this yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Crazy. It's it's weird because when we started, it was like uh, you know there was a goal of to get ten houses. Let's get ten houses, right. and we'll be we'll be set. You know, and and that was it. You know, it was like. Yeah. Uh, and went from there, you know, it was just kind of like, let's keep going, and we got 10 houses, and it was, that was it, you know, like, is life over now, you know, like, no, we just keep going. Right, you're scaling, constantly scaling. Yeah, it was, a, that was, it was very anticlimactic, yeah. put it that way. So, and I'll, and I'll ask you this later, but, because that, that, see, this is the way this works, I started thinking about things, I hope I don't forget what I want to ask you, but yeah. now that we know what you do, yeah. why do you do it? What's your why? And has uh, it always been the same? I think it's ever evolving. Sure. Um, we had this idea when we were, my brother and I started the business together. And sure. We had this idea from when we were really young. I mean, he was probably 16, 17 years old, almost maybe 18, 19, of just so you know, hey, we could probably flip a house. You know, we were pretty handy. We were we were confident. We, we knew that we could problem solve and, and build things. Uh, good carpenters. So I feel like that was for the, the origin of the, the, the whole business. And then we went from there and it was kind of like, well, this could this could provide some financial freedom. You know, we could really, the idea of... Did you stumble into it like that? Or did you know prior to doing this that like people get rich 
and become successful off of investing? It was more so probably the thought of just like, well, you know, if you got 10 houses and they paid you $800 a month, you know, you're, you're at $8,000, you know, a month, or, you know, you, know, you know, like you start adding up these numbers and you're like, oh, well, if you had, if you had 10 houses and they were all paid off, it's a million dollars, you retire and you got 500 grand each, like yeah. that, that's good living, like that's nice, that's, that's a, a respectable 401k, you know, like that's true. Sure. So those were, those are kind of the, the financial freedom, basic, basic numbers at the beginning. But it was really, and then it grew into, you know, I wanted to support my family and, you know, have a great life for my family and uh, having a passion for really just building good quality, functioning, safe homes for for residents. I mean, when we were doing like individual single family houses, I took a lot of pride in the work that I did, working with my hands and like doing good electrical work, doing good plumbing work. Like these houses were meant to last. Sure. Like I've heard other people call them tenant proof and stuff like that. Yeah. We for sure, we built them solid. Like right. they were not meant to fall apart. And uh, I took a lot of pride in that that work. And I think that that is conveyed in the, the company today. And that sure. we really create like safe quality homes for our residents that they can come home to and just know everything works, everything's good. Right. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So it switches from financial, financial security for you and your brother. Mm-hmm. Like the the five or the four hundred one k type of deal, and then it goes to providing for your family. And was that tenant thing always like an underlying thing? Like was that always the quality was there from day one? Right, the quality on, on was the there from one? day one. I wouldn't say it was it was so much of a just like I, I really see this person and I want to create a great home for them. But I felt that there was a that was missing. Like that was a that was missing in the market. Sure, it was kind of like a landlord could just like buy a house and stick somebody in there, and it was like you pay me rent just to be here. Yeah, I yeah. don't care if the you know sink doesn't work or the toilet doesn't work or right. the door doesn't close or any of those things. It was kind of just like that was the that's the reputation of a landlord tenant re, uh, reputation sure. yeah. uh, relationship. So I felt like there was a lot of opportunity there to really provide like quality places for people to live for reasonable prices. But the pride was always in the work. Pride was always in the work, yeah. And it still is, obviously. Still is, like yeah, shit yeah, like that you just showed me that we'll talk about later, like yeah. that's not normal. That's yeah. not normal, I don't think. It, I mean it's 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 uh I mean I'm it's not I'm, normal for today, but it's normal for, for the growth of the future. You know, yeah. it's, it's we're thinking bigger than what what we are today. So to me, it sounds like if you guys were already thinking like financial freedom when you were nineteen. Yeah. Man, Younger, sixteen. I mean, well, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I was so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. thinking any of that when I was well, nineteen. Most of us are. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, uh, I think even as we get older, I mean, I think people think about financial freedom, but it doesn't come in the way of. A hustler mentality it comes in the form of a w-2 and a job and doing the things that traditionally make people money but i i'd say 90 percent of the population is fucking working week to week month to month you know what i mean like these these yeah. things are thoughts but they're they're not like they don't make them you happen could, you could almost say like trapping like i feel like i'm we were we were fortunate that we never went down that road you know it would it would be one if I went in and got a W two and you know made good money and then I went out and I got you know a car loan and other things like that and you know, mortgage the house a certain way other kind of like lived above my means then uh, I potentially would have you know not been able to reinvest that money into the company those types of things I would have never sure. I wouldn't have been able to walk away from that and try this because I would have been you Stuck. know yeah I would have been I would have been like uh, caught up in that yeah thank you so I think we didn't have really anything to lose. 
so there was no point in not trying. Sure. You know, if we would have if we would have tried and failed, it was we didn't have anything before, so it didn't matter. Which is a young young man's plight anyway. Yeah, like financial freedom, I think it was a, it's the the thing that we always had in mind is like not that we wanted to live a lavish lifestyle, but it was basically like I wanted to have the freedom to kind of do what I want when I want. And, and fortunately, like I don't have a very a lot of wants. Sure. So it's, it's, it's easier to meet those needs. Like you're, would, a simple, you're a simple man. I am he simple. would still be wearing the same clothes from high school if it wasn't for I would too. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't buy anything. It's like all he needs is toothbrush, <laughs> toothpaste, deodorant, like that's yeah. it. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's not that I don't like nice things, but it's like I just don't need them. Yeah. Uh, so I think that it was kind of always that idea of just, you know, we could, we could build something that could really support us to live and kind of do whatever we wanted, when we wanted to do it. Yeah. And and, and that freedom is enticing, you know. And there's nothing comparable to it. Like, having that freedom, I think, since I've earned it, you know what I mean? It's like, man, why didn't I go for this? I mean, you went for it right away. Like, you were young and you started on this pursuit, but I was yeah. like... I was like in my 30s, you know what I mean, before I even considered it yeah. a possibility. And I think a lot of people were starting side hustles and stuff like that, and their only goal is that freedom, you know what I mean? And once you get it, holy shit, the value of that is like immense, man. You can't even put a dollar amount on it. Yeah. So yeah, you've never had a W-2? I mean, I've had W-2s, but never like a career. It feels like part-time jobs in college and high school. Yeah, I mean, I I, I worked full-time when I was in high school, you know, I I worked full-time most of the time, like, it was, you know, I had all these different jobs, but it was never, like, my career. That's awesome. Yeah, so what, what, let's talk about the influence, like, your, your folks, like, our uncles, like, who, who was the one that, like, planted the entrepreneurial seed, or was it your brother? I mean, you say it's my brother, yeah, like, us together, kind of like, we we facilitated that growth together. I think my parents were definitely encouraging. They kind of were just you know supportive in whatever we wanted to do. So were they like, W two folks though? Like had my dad's W two. Yeah, my okay. mom's my mom stayed at home with us. My dad was W two. You know, same place for about thirty years. You know, yeah. he's retired now, but it's uh, he's, you know he's very loyal for that company, and it's just that's, so. Did that's you what always think about that, or did you like was, did you see somebody at one point, and you were like, that looks way better? Or did it naturally occur? You're like, fuck this, we're going to do it on our own. Uh, I think it was more natural. Like, I think when we were kids, we grew up with a lot of, like, uh, freedom freedom to do kind of what we wanted. Like, we, our parents let us make choices. They encouraged they, it? They, yeah, they encouraged us to make choices and, and then and then reap the benefits of those or, or the consequences of those choices, mm-hmm. you know? And we had to we had to take those on. So it, it taught us a, a lot of things like perspective and, and hard work and, and stuff like that. And I think I've always been a hard worker you have and, to be and they uh you can't do what you're doing without yeah. being a hard worker yeah and i think so i think my parents really just encouraged us to to fail and really show us that that, that failure was not a problem there's the intro yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the acapella intro right yeah. there motherfucker that's perfect yeah. i mean and it, it's strange to me like so because that's not to me that's that's not normal like most of the people that I hear about like they had somebody in their life that kind of they got to see it happening um, so let's break it down like can you remember if it was you or your brother like was it was it like a conversation you're talking about 16 so yeah I like mean I remember like how much older are you than your brother a couple about years? almost three years yeah okay so you're years. out of you're in college He's in high school. Yeah, I want to say I was probably like 18 or 19. He was probably 16, 17, maybe like it was that, around that time. And I remember we were just watching flipping shows. 
we were just like, yeah, we could probably do that. That, that, that could do, we could do that. You know, you could buy a house cheap and then we could fix it up. Everyone says that though. Yeah. So who was the one that was like, look, we're gonna do this, man. Like this so, is it. Like, let's, so let's I got a job. Out. I got a job as a maintenance man for another landlord, and I think I was making like nine dollars an hour with him. And basically, I brought Jared with me. And How old are you now? I was probably 19, 18, 19. And I brought you, I would say 19, I guess. So he's still in high school. He was in high school. And I would bring him with me, and then I would just split my pay with him. So, I, you know, I'm making 450, he's making 450. Yeah. And it was like we would just work, and we would do whatever he needed, you know, hang blinds, do this, do that. It was, it was pretty small, odd jobs at first, but I mean, I remember, you know, showing, showing houses for rent. I remember. Uh, you know, doing stuff like that, but then all of a sudden, you know, he, he would ask for a more complicated job. He didn't have somebody else to do it. He'd be like, "Hey, you want to try this? You want to do it?" I'm like, okay. And I remember there was a house that got water lines stolen out of it. All the copper got stolen out of it. And he's yeah. like, "Oh, we got somebody moving in next week. Can you think you can get it done tonight? To this weekend? It was like a Sunday." And we we're like, "Yeah, we'll try it." So we went over there and we re-ran all the water lines. We worked till like one o'clock in the morning and uh, and replumbed it. And uh, we we I mean we bought all the materials. And did it, and it wasn't that expensive. I think we ran it in CPVC, not not copper, and uh, and we finished it. And I remember it was like we built in like five hundred bucks, less than five hundred bucks for that. And we were like, man, is that is that gonna be too much money? You know, we were, <laughs> so that we were little kids, you know, we were, we were so kids. Pumped. You know, we were just like, man, that's a lot of money. Had you ever done plumbing before? Mm, not a little bit, but not really. No, not Dang. really. Yeah. So it was like we just figured it out. We're like, oh, here's the parts, you know, you just stand at Home Depot as an aisle and you look at all the stuff on the shelves and you're like, this goes with that, this goes with that. Look something up on YouTube. I guess you know, we didn't really do that then, actually, but kind of read the directions and put it in. And it worked. <laughs> That's an amazing origin story. Yeah. I wish I, I wish there was like a time where you're like, oh, yeah, it was this, but it sounds like it just kind of happened naturally. Yeah. No one gets the credit. It seems just... like we were always good, you know, and like, we had wood shop in high school. Okay. And we took wood shop and... Um, he, Jared, he, my brother, he's a really good carpenter, and I feel like he, uh, I was in, I was in woodshop too. We both, we're both good at it, so I think there's a that was an integrated that. But I mean, we started with tree houses when we were younger, building things like just being out in the woods. And when it didn't work, it, there was nobody else to make the decision other than us how to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. So it was like we, we had to learn how to make choices and how to fix things, and yeah. how to build things. And so we just kind of rolled that into and always together. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, all together. That's yeah. crazy, man. That's yeah. awesome. Let's put a let's let's tink to that. That's a great why. It's a great story. And we got food here. We got to eat. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll be a little bit drunker by the time we come back. Oh no. S N S. Define business success. S Define business success. S Define business success. S M N S Define business success. Success. This is usually where we talk about or talk to the brewery and stuff. So let's real quickly let's talk about what we're drinking on. So uh, me and Andy both went with flights. We're gonna run the whole board on this. So the first flight we got was a Czech pills, an Italian pills, and a fruited lager. It was a ginger lime lager. Which one? And now we got shit. We got a German IPA, and then an American pale ale, and a West Coast Citra IPA. We haven't got into the bottom three yet. But what what did you like out of that first batch, man? Uh, I like the pills around the first one. The, the pills, pills the first pills, yeah. and you like the ginger lime. The ginger lime surprised me, yeah. Yeah, those are, I mean, 
they make solid beers here. You know what I mean? There's there's none that I've had where I've been like like in, in like a a brunicorn where I'm like I'm, I gotta come back here every week to drink this beer. But they always produce solid shit, and I love the I love the inside of this place. I think it's dope. I think we got a really cool spot, yeah. and uh, the food is fucking always on point. Like I've yeah. never had anything bad from here, and I've yeah. been here probably seven or eight times. Yeah, I think that ginger lime like it's easy to you know overpower one flavor over the other but i think they did a good job of making it work yeah. well together well Smooth. and i was telling you too like those are those are traditional styles you got a pills and two lagers or two pills and a lager like those are easy drinkers you know what i mean any day of the week i'm drinking them all summer and they're usually low percent you can probably kill them but you guys didn't get beer nope that's one of the unique things about this because it's a distillery too they that's make right. they make spirits as well what'd you guys get so i got the cocktail flights which is unique at a place at a brewery um so i got the not the mojito because you can't make it without mint and um, i got the mule uh the poco loco which, which is, is like a, margarita. A, a spicy margarita and then i got the watermelon margarita um they're all good um, I mean, I think I like the spicy one the best. We need to get you a shot of tequila. That's how we tell how good it is. Because you'll drink tequila on the rocks. Your tequila I will. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I didn't taste tequila in, the, in the, any of these. I mean, I think they're like... They're like cocktails. They're, they're cocktails. Um, I like to taste my alcohol. But, I mean, it's for the... For the for a regular person who doesn't want to taste every bit of their liquor, I think they're good. Yeah. Um, and you then I also to, you want to taste. I want liquor. to taste it. I want to know that it's in there. But like they're good. I I I'll have another one. It's the same way that when you go for beer, you go for the high octane. You're looking for the biggest ABV on the I board. I want more bang for my buck. So. <laughs> um, and then because I'm having such a great time, I ordered. What's this thing over here? That's like a uh, bourbon and coke or whiskey. The Farva. The something. What's that say on the the little sheet? the the large farva so that's like a bourbon homemade cherry coat yeah so because three and a flight wasn't good enough i ordered a fourth drink so what's this that's number five this is right? my other drink oh that's from the flight okay <laughs> <laughs> going hard girl go hard or go home what'd you get i got the blueberry cocktail what is it blueberry okay did you like it did yeah, you get it twice really you got it twice got right it twice okay so it has to be good and that, I think places like this are awesome because she doesn't always want a beer. You know what I mean? When we go to do these interviews and it's like, it gives everybody options, you know, what you want. Or if you want to get a pop or something, they even make their own colas and shit. Yeah. So. Oh, really? Yeah. So we're sitting in like, like, a like that's the homemade cola. It's like their cherry cola. Cherry cola. So I was going to say, we're like, the place is really cool. Like we're sitting in a cozy little corner that has like these cute little couches. Yeah. I'd say the only downside is that it's across from the pizza oven or whatever they're cooking over there. Warm. <laughs> are you open kitchen? Yeah. Are you warm? Are you? Am I the only one, or is it liquor? It might be the liquor because I'm usually hot. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm about to sweat, but that's yeah. okay. It's comfy. <laughs> Sign it, girl. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a cool spot. It's kind of off the beaten path. Like you're, it's in Fairfax. It's back here, yeah, Fairfax. Kind of on that road across from the Mainliner, but. You gotta kind of go back here to find it. That's yeah, like kind of surprising. Sure. You know what I mean? You're yeah. like you're like by a warehouse that doesn't look like there's anything going on back here, but it's a beautiful space. So we got the both of you here, and I'm gonna kind of let you take this because this is kind of ask the questions you want. I mean, we've we've kind of got into this, but when 
the the relationship like anybody that hustles on any level it doesn't matter where you're at um, it's it's a unique mindset mindset you know what I mean like most people don't think the way people like you think you know what I mean which is which intrigues yeah. me the most you know what I mean about talking to folks like you but we rarely have the better half sitting with us and if there wasn't a better half there'd be none of this happening yeah. you know what I mean like I I know many people who have wanted to step out on their side hustles and that shit got squashed real quick like no motherfucker that's not safe you know what I mean like get yeah. you a good job W2 and let's just keep it cracking so so I think it's just I was 21 and he was 22 when we started dating. No shit. So we were still in college, so it's like we really didn't know any better. Okay. And he was still working for the the landlord. Splitting like, his money? Yes. Split his brother? I eventually negotiated him uh, his own wage. Yeah. $9. Yeah. yeah, so he had not even bought a house when we started dating or anything. No so, shit. Yeah. And Did you have entrepreneurs in your life? Like your folks or like anybody in the family that was um, hustling? Not really, no. Really? Yeah. That is so wild to me. But it's like we kind of grew up similar. Like I grew up on 60 acres in Georgia mm-hmm. with horses and four-wheelers and that. So we were always out in the woods building forts yeah. on our own. And it's kind of like he had that same child and kind of in the woods building yeah. so it's like we kind of understood like that we wanted to raise our kids to do the same thing yeah to not hover was there ever a point where it was like um i mean you kind of you guys grew completely together so it, it wasn't like your entrepreneurial shit had started prior to you meeting and like he's having to like warm you up to it but like was there ever a time where it was like when him and his brother finally said this is what we're gonna do? Were you like, oh shit? Or were you like, fuck yeah, let's go? I always supported him. Like, I was never like, oh no, what if you lose the house? Or what if this happens? It was just like, I have your back. Do what you wanna do. I'll, I'll make the money and we'll go from there. It was always just. Oh, that's, that's fucking awesome. Well, I'm yeah. always like, wait. Hold on. Are we going to be homeless? That's my, that's my first question. She asked me that Every so time I'm times. like, wait, don't tell me your grand ideas and how we're going to do this and the cash flow. I'm like, nope, I don't even want to hear about it. I just want to know, like, what's the worst case? I don't care about the good stuff. Tell me how this is going to fail. How is it going to be bad? Are we going to be homeless? And you're just like... Yeah, they were just, they were so ambitious and they were always like hard working and so I knew they weren't gonna fail. Like they 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 never so it's like I work I'd go to the third, work there, and then I would go to a cheer gym and work there until nine o'clock at night. And then he and Jared they would work the same amount of hours. Like they would leave bright and early, they would work, you know, 15, 18 hour days sometimes. And just like they were killing it, we'd be back home at like 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. And so it was like we were both kind of putting in the work, and it so, took a long time to see what he was bringing to the table. But it's. <laughs> well, it's not evident right away. Yeah, it was just like I'm working. And, you know, I remember a couple of years in, I'd be like, so are you ever going to pay yourself? You know, like <laughs> there's some trips I want to go on. Like it'd be nice if you could 
bring a little bit of money to the table, so. So how long have you been at Fifth Third? Like you guys met in college, right? Yeah. Where were you going to college? Was it here, up here? I was at West Georgia. But yeah, you met her on like a spring break or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So by the time, you, Fifth Third, you're working in Cincinnati, right? Like you moved up here where you guys, yeah, you so still when, dating or were you married at the When time? we got engaged just when I moved up here in 2011. Okay. So he had, he had done work for somebody that was a recruiter for like a DECO, a temp agency. We did their like kitchen. Were you dating from like Georgia and Cincinnati? Oh, yeah, yeah, long distance, started long distance. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, we did long yeah. distance, year and a half. That's, Never went two weeks without seeing each other. Dang. That's wild, man. Yeah. So, and, and honestly, I can relate to your situation because Chanel still has the corporate job. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not like a, it's not like this is all we're surviving on. But it's like, it's almost till you get to a certain point, you ha it's smart to have somebody that has that for like insurance and things like that. But like, she was way more cautious. Like. Yeah, on the hustle, I but the corporate sucker here with my book bag <laughs> with me. Yeah, she didn't pull a laptop. Out. I mean, I'm still, I'm still doing my, my like I main know. gig. You know I what know. I mean? But our, our hustles are different. But it's almost like you gotta have that in the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like otherwise, you just don't know. Yeah, and, it's and a sense of security to know that yeah. you have. You was it hard for you to let in. go of that, or were, was he so secure in what he was doing with his brother that you were like, yeah, no problem? So I, so I think we were married four or five years. You're not years. still at fifth third, right? No, okay. I stay home now with the gotcha. kids. But I think I wasn't sure if I was going to continue working after I had our first daughter, and I was four or five years in. Or no, I was six years. I worked at, six, at Fifth Third for six years. Okay. So it was like I wasn't sure if I would like staying home or not. So I took the twelve weeks off, and then it's like I didn't want to go back to work. Right. And then he was. They were stable enough where they had been saving money for six years and not paying themselves that they were finally able to take a salary once I decided not to go back. That's so, so what's unique about your situation too is you guys are brothers in a partnership married to sisters. Yeah. Twin sisters. Twin sisters, that's right. <laughs> yep. That's so, so like, wow. Your sister, like, did she do the corporate thing too? Was yeah, she was a teacher, same? so she did the same thing. Jared didn't pay himself either until mm -hmm. they had their first daughter, which our daughters are four months apart. Teach, <laughs> teaching to me isn't like a corporate, I know it is, but like, I don't know, I, I look at teachers as like, it's not like you're just going to get a paycheck. Like you're you're yeah. kind of built in. Like you're trying to help people learn and stuff like that. It's more of a um, a passion, yeah. right. a career. career yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It is a career, but it's not corporate. Like Fifth Third is as corporate as it gets. Like it's <laughs> it's straight and narrow corporate. You know what I mean? But yeah. that's interesting. So my question is, where's Jared in these six years? Like is he is he already dating your sister? Like, when, like so, where's he staying when no money's being... I mean, basically, he wasn't doing anything. You know, we were all supporting him. No, I'm just Dude, you played that perfect about, like, he's serious as hell. <laughs> no, so we, his family had a lake house in Kentucky. Okay. So I brought my sister and a friend that went to UK that I used to live with in college. How long have you guys been together? Um, Four months. Yeah, a couple oh, okay, months. okay, so it's all right at the beginning. Super fresh. Yeah, pretty, pretty yeah. early. 
So I took them up to their lake house, and that's where she met his brother. Yeah. And then... You guys laid the wall down, like, look. Yeah, well, they kind of started to like up. each other, and we were like... <laughs> that is true, yeah. We sat them down, and we're like, listen, this is going to be really weird if you guys don't start dating. Because on the cruise, it's like, I came home, I told everyone I met my soulmate. It's like, I knew he was the one. Right. So when they started to like each other, we're like, all right, this is weird. You guys are kind of brother and sister now. <laughs> you know, like, are you sure you want to do this? You're going to make family gatherings really awesome. I just awkward. thought about this. Like, his wife is his sister-in-law. Yeah. That is correct. Yep. And it's just so the is two yours. boys yeah, but mine was, uh, family. Not my sister-in-law when I married her. That's, <laughs> That's so strange. It's probably very cool, yeah. though. But, yeah. like, what I mean is, where's Jared? Like, so you guys are together. You got the fifth third thing going. Is is the same thing happening with her as a teacher? Like, because you're saying you're not paying yourself. Yeah, no, I joked a lot, but yeah, it was like a, they, they neither Jared or I were were taking money out of the company to use it for personal use. It right. was basically like she supported him, Janelle supported me, and that's we lived dramatically below our means at that time you know we sure. could have gone out and gotten more things and, and done more things but it was we saw the the future you know we saw we saw the benefit of taking that money reinvesting it and there was no guarantee but it was like let's do this we think it's going to work let's yeah. keep doing that let's keep rolling the money yeah yeah so like have you ever sat back and thought like if that wouldn't have happened like let's say if, if they never would have came along, if you wouldn't have gone yeah. on that trip, like, how much longer do you think it would have took to scale? Or do you think it would have... Yeah, it would be a challenge, you know? like you, you would have had to spend the money yeah, on like yourself. It, but, I mean, being yeah. that you're a simple guy, like you and your yeah. brother, like, do you think yeah, it would have been harder think, to scale that quickly? Oh, definitely. Like, I think she was, she was key in supporting that idea, that goal. And, sure. And, and letting, you know... Me, I, I wasn't gonna walk away from her. It's like I had these two things, you know, the business and her. But there was never, there was never this like turbulence. There was never this problem of like. It was never a pool like a yeah, tug of war thing. It was, it was, like, it was natural, you know. Like when we got together, the the, the business idea was there, you know. Like uh, I was a maintenance man for another landlord at the time, but it was like we we had the idea. I quit that probably a month after we started dating. And at that time, that's when we went on our own and kind of formed a construction company where we were doing like kitchens and bathrooms yep. in addition for other people to, for, for income. So like we kind of kicked that off pretty quickly, but she always supported it and never really, you know, questioned like, hey, what, what, you know, can we make some more money this month? Can we do this this month? It was like, she was all about living below our, our means as well with uh, this idea, only an idea, you know, not a promise, just an idea sure. that that's one beautiful. day this will be, will, will be worth it. You yeah. Know? And now she's been retired since 2017, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome, man. So what's awesome about your situation is like, you're supporting, like, you guys support each other, but like you yeah. have like support on top of support. So like you have mm. your brother, and then you have your sister, yeah. and then you guys have each other. So like you guys are like a whole family unit yeah. in this yeah. whole thing. So. When they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go buy another 100 units. Are you and your sister like, what the fuck? Or are you guys like, have at it. Uh, they've yeah. done it before. Who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, maybe like with the first, so after the 10, we're like, all right, now we're going to go buy 10 more? Or is it 100? Or like? I mean, she was there from the, from the very first yeah. one. So the very first like intentional rental purchase, 
she was there for. We used to help yeah, out. Like Jen and I would yeah. lay the flooring in the like in the rentals. Like we would be there scraping wallpaper and helping them get them ready. Don't you yeah. hate scraping wallpaper? That, I will, we were just talking about that. I will never scrape wallpaper again. I hate it. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's our motto, man. Yeah. Because we've done that. We've done the same exact oh, thing. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, she was there from the beginning, and I think it was like, we, there wasn't, fortunately, there wasn't big losses or big problems it was kind of like this is what we think is going to happen and that's kind of what happened and so it was like there was never a lot of doubt uh involved like oh well you thought it was going to be this but now look how bad it became yeah it, it was like it just continued to compound so i think that build trust and what do you attribute that to like the no big losses because that's kind of uh, uh that's unique work. in itself hard, hard work. work yeah grind like just straight Hard work, determination, grind through it. Like failure and like, yeah, like small failures. But not even like yeah, not even you fail, but like you don't you don't look at it as failure. You look at it as like a teaching opportunity. Sure. Like you just constantly just like that's fine. That one didn't work, so we now we need to do this next time. I'm never doing that again. Yeah, like yeah. it's just that's it. And then it's like yeah. as long as you don't repeat it, then you're good. Yeah, and that's so. that's the the plight of the entrepreneur. Honestly, honestly, yeah. all the time, like. And like you've heard me say this, fail my way to success. Like, yeah, exactly. That, that's what I do. Like yeah. every time something fucks up, like man, and I take some blows sometimes. Like just life recently, even you know what I mean. It's like I've gotten to the mind state where it's almost like I'm waiting for it to happen. You know what I mean? Like bring on that uncomfortableness because I, I don't really care what it is at this point. I know that we can get through it. You know what I mean? We've been through yeah. the ringer together. You know what I mean? And it's like fuck it. Like yep. let me figure out how to get through this shit it's 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 turned into life lessons that aren't even business related you know what i mean like now i'm getting through turmoil that has nothing to do with my finances it's just like life and that's if you don't have that mind state man and you haven't been hit knocked down a few times man big, yeah. big shit can really fuck you up yeah i, re I remember like sitting in like we obviously we worked a lot so we'd be in these houses me and jared would be in these houses we were working and you know, you would stop and you would talk about things, you would think about things. And I remember from very, very early on in the beginning, we, we identified that friction, like friction and what you're doing. Oh man, this feels difficult. Why is it so hard? Why is it so trying? That friction is like the precipice of opportunity. It's like just right around the corner. So if you can endure it, you'll get there. And it's like, and then and then you, you get there and then you start going through it and then there'll be the next set of friction, next, next thing that just grinds you up. But it's like, all you have to do is endure it and be logical and once you and once you do all that it'll just you, you just keep driving and you get through it and it's almost it, it sounds like basic training like it, it's like life basic training you know what i'm saying like that's what they do they they break you down with friction and so it make you get through it and then you realize like holy shit I, yeah but i don't think the friction ever stops but, <laughs> it, but it doesn't here either like that's yeah, true. It doesn't. That's life true. never it's like, does it's, it's just a different type friction of yeah, less different, friction. Different yeah, yeah. friction yeah yeah, yeah. So, and this is this is something I, I had in mind. I didn't really, I kind of told her about this, but um, you guys both have examples of hardworking parents. You know what I mean? Um, your life, do you consider your life better than how you were brought up? No, I'm talking about in terms of what you have, like your stability, yeah. like like your parents were W-2 people or yeah. whatever, like, like you're doing better than your parents, right? I think the only thing that I'm doing better than my parents is like financially, you know. Like, okay, so that, yeah. but yeah. that's different. So, and that's certainly our situation as well. Um, and I always wonder 
like about the kids. You know what I mean? Like I look at my kids sometimes and I'm like, are, yeah. am I making this too easy? Like, are they going to be able to yes. adopt that hardworking, like just by seeing it, you know, at a young age, seeing what we're doing. Um, I don't even know if it's registering if they're seeing what, what we're doing. Like, do you worry about that at yeah, all? Like like, a oh, yeah. Title, we a talk about it all the time. It's, like, yeah. like, they, it's a really big challenge. I mean, how do you think that's going? Like, what do you, because like, there's a lot of people that are, I think a lot of people go through that and they don't, yeah. they don't have to think about it until the yeah. time comes. Like, so, my kids are 15 and about to be 14 and they're getting to the point where it's time to start working. You know what I mean? And I I worry because I was stuffing papers and cutting grass and shoveling snow when I was seven. And do they want to work? No, like, no. <laughs> a little bit. Like so, our son like he wants to. I mean, maybe slightly. Like he wants to sell like you know some of his grandpa's things. So we like set up a, like an eBay you know account. But He's the, always wanted to hustle. Kinda. And but like not if it gets too hard though. Like if it's too much work. Like no, I'm not interested. But that's that was me early too. I don't know. I was I was always kind of like I always worked hard at what I did, but I lost interest a lot of time until I found out what I liked. But it definitely worries me. Like they're always like, when are we getting the tattoos? Like I'll have them come over. We'll paint a porch in Madisonville. They're like, can we? Because we all I got this. Chanel's got it on her shoulder. They want it one day, and I was like, you ain't earned that. You yet. haven't earned it yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I worry constantly about. Like, and I tell them, I was like, you guys are spoiled. Like, when we were young, we were broke as hell. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. And, like, and there's something to that. The, there's a benefit uh, to that. And the solidity of us wasn't our situation when we were younger. We didn't have both parents. You know what I'm saying? It, and, I mean, we, I had both parents, but we didn't have them in the same household. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was a different situation. And I'm like, man, I'm making these kids soft, but I just have to feel... Like, I, I know that I watched my parents when they worked on their own shit. I knew what hard work was. I recognized it. You know what I mean? Like, and especially when I got a little bit older, I was like, how the fuck? I, I'd call them up and be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. Like, when I had kids and I'm thinking, like, how did we go on vacations and shit? Like, I don't know how you guys did this with, with it. It's like, I see how hard that is. You know what I mean? Like, but it's like, we're going on way better vacations than our kids than I ever went on. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, am I making little soft-ass kids, well, yeah, man? I, mean, like, I, I told the kids today, like, you know, start thinking about your school stuff. So, like, you know, what shoes do you want or whatever. And Cole sends me a text, uh, like, of a screenshot of, like, some Air Max whatevers, and they're either $165 or $185. The black ones with the red in them? Yeah. Yeah, I saw well, them. That's a fucking lot. Like, yeah. That's, oh, that's pretty. A lot, yeah. That's pretty bold. Yeah. Don't give him $20 for those shoes, and then you know, if he wants to pay the rest, you got to pay. You gotta I, pay I, I was like, all right, well. Yeah. It's actually, I thought about that as yeah. soon as yeah. you said yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. how much am I going to contribute to this nonsense? <laughs> and we've done that before. Like, we've regulated what we'll throw in for yeah. certain things, but. It's, it's like you want to give them, you know, the things that you didn't have, and, you know, you want to make life easier for them. Like, that's the purpose of this, but you also want to teach them that there's a need to work hard, need to drive. I don't our kids are still a lot younger. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we, five, three, and one. We try to do like chore, chore things to incentivize them, you know, and, and really encourage them to work hard and that hard work is good, you know, like, oh, clean up your toys, make your bed, those types of things. We don't have like a schedule for that or an allowance for that, but it's kind of like, I could see it going that route. Sure. I mean, I know when I was a kid, my parents, they would 
they would pay us for things, and then we had like jars, like here's your you know, free money, here's your whatever, here's your uh, savings, here's this and that. And you would you would kind of like put your money, whatever you made, in those jars. And uh, you know, I can see us doing stuff like that with the play. Yeah, it's gonna they, be tough though, because yeah. it's like if you go to Target and they want to buy a toy, and you can't say like. No, you can't get that toy. We don't have the money for it. Because that's what we heard growing up. Like, no, we don't have yeah. the money. And it's yeah. like, now it's just like, you just have to say no. And it's not like, and it's like, you want to say yes. You want to give your kids everything. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, you know that you have to say no to things or else they're going to turn out horrible. <laughs> and it's like, it sucks that that's what, what makes them not good is saying yes to everything so it's kind of a struggle because you want them to have what you don't have it's kind of righteous that you're making um, decisions based on character building rather than financial ability you know what i mean like what a more com that's a much more comfortable thing like almost like you were saying like making the right decision instead of making the one that maybe is the most financially secure but it's like i i feel way better thinking like I'm making you a better person, <laughs> rather than walking out of the store going, "Damn, I, I don't even got it." You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, that has to feel better. I know it does. I mean, I never. There were times where we couldn't get shit, but. Um, but I still tell the kids all the time, like this builds character. Yeah. Builds character. It's like you're saying no to to Cole, but you're also saying no to 12 year old Matt. Like, if Matt wanted those shoes too, you're like, ah oh, man, I gotta say no. I don't want to do that. I, I can do it for you, man. You know. I, I yeah. got lucky on yeah, shoes. Oh, those shoes are so sick, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, my dad, my dad was a UPS man, so he delivered to the local sneaker shop. And he changed his whole route up so we would get first dibs on shoes. You know what I'm saying? So like when Jordans came out, I was always, if if able, I always was able to get my hands on them. But yeah, like I'm I'm raising myself. Like I see it a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like I there's no doubt about it. And she and, and I'm raising myself. I mean, I think Ari's better than me though. I mean, like she's oh, Cole's better than me too. Well, that's true. You know what I'm saying, but it's like I see that's yeah. success right there. That's success right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I told I tell Chanel all the time, like if I die tomorrow, I don't want nobody like real sad because yeah. I've over I've over exceeded anything I thought I would. You know what I mean? And yeah. like I'm fucking like genuinely happy. I have more than I ever thought I would, and yeah. I feel like my kids are good to go. Like I've given them enough lessons. You yeah. know, like if I would, there was almost a construction accident when Cole was. She was pregnant with Cole, and Ari was 14 months old. Um, I came an inch from dying on a tracker. Like, literally, almost got squashed in this thing. And I and I think wow. back to then, like I never would have had time to. Like I still like right now. I'm getting shivers. Like I wake up from nightmares thinking about my kids would have never even knew me. I wouldn't have been able to implant any lessons. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm past that point. You know what I mean? Like now we're like, especially with this, like they can. If I'm gone, you can listen to this all day long and like get all the lessons you need. You know, I've left more than I can, but it's like I still worry. Every, yeah. I mean, that's my job, I guess. My parents used to worry say, about your kids, right? "Yeah, she's." My parents would be like, "You don't understand." And I used to do a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, like they probably did too. You know what I mean? It's like this is what this is nature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, with our kids, some some do dumber things than others. Yeah. <laughs> 
So it's like, yeah. you did dumb shit, Dad. Oh, watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Yeah, we're going to run into that with our oldest. Oh, my gosh. She is just so independent and just like, oh, she's so smart. But she just, with like intelligence comes other ways of thinking. Sure. So it's like, you know, a lot of kids will sit there and like, be like, oh, I'm just going to play with this a nice way. But her mind thinks like, oh, I can do this, so we can go and she'll make a big mess. And you're like, why? I'm telling you, man, she, if, if we can keep her on the, the right track, she's going to be a force to reckon with. Like, she's yeah. going to be a challenge to anything she wants to accomplish. Like, she will well, you won't always be able to down. keep her on the right track. No, I, I mean, I, my goal is to teach her to, to make the right choices and then and let her go, you know? A lot of things with kids is like, it's, it's similar to real estate or any kind of hustle like and, and saving your money instead of paying yourself like kids are an end game you know what i'm saying like you're not like you get immediate results on some things but really all that matters all that you really care about is how this ends up yeah you know what i mean the little things yeah. that you're doing every day with your kids you're hoping that when they are on their own and able yeah. to do their own shit that it they're just decent happy. people happy. and they're happy yeah. you know what I mean happy like I, healthy productive yeah. members of society well, especially <laughs> like like now like you know your your girls are little but then it's like for us like right now our kids are out. high school both are in high well, school now. yeah and they're out in the world like right, right now they're out in the public like they're at Summit Park on their own and like we just have to like trust that they're gonna like Remember what we taught them. Yeah. Make good choices. Like, don't have the police calling me. Like, yeah. please, please be yeah. smart. Make yeah. good decisions. And so, I mean, and they're able to still like go out. Like, we trust them enough. Like, this isn't their first time there this summer. Yeah. But as soon as they mess up, like, don't you have anybody calling me or acting a fool out in public? Like, yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't know. I think in both situations. Like both, both of our family situations. I don't know. I have confidence in. I mean, especially. I mean, you guys are solid. I feel like we're solid. Like yeah. that's what they're gonna see in the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's always flaws and everything, but you know, overall, if things are, if if you're brought up in happiness, and I think if you're seeing hard working, like it's it's, like kids observe shit way more than you think. You know, yeah. people, they always told me that. Like. Watch what you do around your kids because they're, they're seeing you even though you're not telling them, you know? So, I don't know. I have confidence, but I'm always scared to death, man. I know. I'm going to be scared the rest of my life. Like, till the day I die, I'm going to be fucking scared. I'm I worried. I hope I can inspire confidence to them and, like, that they can take risks and know that I, they have the support of me. Yeah. So when they go out and they try those things, they can come back. And, you know, that's, and even if you fail at that, you still got this. And that base is high enough to where you'll always be good. Right. You know, I think like that's one thing that like my parents did is like I never worried about going starting starting a company or, or building something like that because even if I failed, it didn't matter. It's like we could just go do something else. Like I, I had a I had a basis yeah. that was really good. Man, doesn't that create gratefulness too? Like yeah. because there's some people that just don't have a base at all. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like they're on their fucking own and yeah. or they're even being held down in some ways. You know what I mean? Like I'm, yeah. I'm the same way. I had that base where it was like my safety net was pretty high, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it, it did make a, it did create a sense of confidence in yeah. just trying, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. A risky behavior, as long as it was calculated, you know what I mean? It was worth the shot for me. Yeah. And man, I feel lucky that I was even able to do that. 
So what I want to circle back to is I keep like, I still keep going back to like the ten buildings. Like you started with ten. Yeah. And then what? Like I just. Yeah. Oh wait, wait. This is this is third section stuff. So, no, it's so, not. I no, it so is. So I want to I want to touch on one thing you said there, just like uh, you know that stabilization and going back to that and like kind of going into the why, uh, like original why, like sure. it's kind of evolved. You know, the financial freedom is, is is there. You know, what's next? What's more? What are you doing this for? And like. Uh, we at SNS realized that we can create these like safe, functional uh, communities where someone could go home, come home, and they realize that you know their fridge is going to work. It's not going to not work. And if it didn't not work, we're going to fix it really quickly. Um, you know, and they they can have confidence in us as a landlord. So I feel like you know we're creating that stability for the community of Cincinnati now with the size that we are. It's like. We're creating that stability for these homes, like whether they have both parents or no, you know, whatever. It's it's that person can come home and relax and spend time with their kids, rather than worry about you know their fridge or worry about something going wrong with the apartment or not feeling safe. It's like you can have a home where you come come home to and and guarantee that depend on that. That's some righteous shit. And it's like. Yeah. They're not going to have to put a, uh, a weight from the weight bench downstairs on the bottom of their fridge just to make sure the door don't slide over, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how we were, man. Yeah. But that's dope. I mean, that's, yeah, your why. It's important. Your why turns into different things and like, man, that's, that's righteous shit because I feel like if you're not, I feel like helping other people yeah. is the best, like, motivation. And I don't yeah. think a lot of people get to that point like it's just like we're trying to help myself you know what I mean yeah. but like I feel like once you start really putting effort into like others other yeah. than yourself that's what it, really it makes it it makes it so much easier and like it's one of the it, greatest it, accomplishments you can it achieve. gets better yeah and it's I almost feel guilty like I was talking about this with uh, another dude when I was talking about like vets and booze. I was like like I feel like I love doing it because it makes me feel good which yeah. makes me feel like I'm kind of like that's messed up. I shouldn't nah. want to feel good like that. Nah. But I'm I'm helping other people to get it, so it's like it's deserved. But yeah, it's a it's a weird back and forth. I don't know. Yeah, no. I mean, I understand that mentality, but I totally think that you deserve to feel good about it. You're accomplishing something good. You should feel good about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it should, it should 100% feel that way. Yeah. And, it's and, pride. And, like you got your chest yeah. out. Like I did yeah, a good fucking like, job. It, it, you did. And, and 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 there's no need to feel like whatever. I don't know. Insecure or. or self-conscious about it being like beneficial to yourself because it is beneficial to yourself as also along with everybody else sure you know? and that's the same kind of yeah, thing like, like you're doing and I, we've always said like when, like we've had family members even be like oh you guys are slumlords you know yeah. what I'm saying but it's like yeah. we would never rent a house that we wouldn't have lived in at some yeah. point in our life you know what I'm saying and now it's getting to the point where some of our units are nicer than the shit we lived in <laughs> when we were coming up you know what I mean so it's like there is a pride in that. Like, no, no, that's not what we're doing. Like, we're not sitting here trying to get rich off fucking buying a house real low, not doing shit to it, just throwing on some lipstick. And well, that's the stereotype now. Yeah. Oh, the it always part. has been. It always yeah. has been. And unfortunately, people have done that, but it's people like you and people like you. You know, us that yeah. want to make nice places for people to live. Yeah. And we care. And it, you know, it drives me nuts when I see... Um, like uh, articles on affordable housing, it always goes to the slumlord. You know what I'm saying? Like there are people out there yeah. creating 
good spaces that are affordable for people. Like that, right. that's happening. Like, but you only see that focus on the five percent. You know what yeah. I mean? These people yeah, exactly. that are complete yeah, sure. shitheads. You know, that's yeah. just that's the way the world works, man. Nobody. It's a. Uh, I mean, a lot of times people give you props. I'm giving you your props. You're giving me my props. But in general, that doesn't happen. It's mostly doing it for ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, like nah, fuck it. That ain't how we are. You know what I mean? Like, we know this. But yeah. maybe other people don't. But it's like, sometimes you guys pat yourself on the back or, you know, yeah. pat each other. I think it's I think it's important to acknowledge that you're successful. You know, and like... Uh, encourage yourself to continue to do things like that because if you just felt like it was self-righteous and, and not benefiting other people then you wouldn't have done it anyway right you know I mean? unless you're just a prick yeah like all you want is to make yeah. yourself better and as big as possible i mean there's people like that there's you know people I mean? like that but that's the five percent too you know yeah 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 i think there's a lot of people that are they they benefit they're financially they gain a lot of finance financially gain a lot but they are also benefiting society benefiting other people a lot you yeah. know they're taking risks that other people won't take Mm-hmm. Well, plus people without that uh, that push, I've met tons of people that are financially successful that are fucking miserable. You know oh what yeah, I mean? like that are just oh, like it's not there, guarantee there's, it. there's no happiness in like yeah. anything they're doing. You know, it's just you're just building up wealth, but you're just kind of cringing inside. You know yeah, I mean? we talk about it. It's like I feel like we are just as happy now as we were when we had nothing, oh, and like we wouldn't even awesome. buy a Coke at Chipotle. Like we no guacamole. Like we lived so cheap and frugal, like so poor, and it's like we were happy then and we're happy now. And it's like money doesn't buy happiness, and it just helps you experience more things that you didn't experience. Sure. And dude, it makes me think about vacation. Like vacations are the experiences I love giving to my kids. You know what I mean? And every year I'm like, we have a certain amount of money we save up for Christmas every year. Like this is what we're doing. And we've asked them every year, like, would you like us to spend this money on a trip? Or do you want this to go towards presents? And they're like presents every year, every year. Still, <laughs> so still. then I'm like, but what did you get for Christmas? Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, uh, like, like tell us about that trip to Jamaica. <laughs> you know, like, oh, on Monday we did this. Yeah. I'm like, look how specifically you remember this experience. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. I'm I'm waiting for that switch yeah. to flip where they're like, ah, oh, no, we don't need get it. Like, get it. like no, someday. I, th- I thought you were gonna say. I remember back when. Like we used to drink like J. Roger and King Cobra for two dollars <laughs> for a forty ounce, and now we're drinking eighteen dollar flights. <laughs> well, there is quite a difference there, but yeah. we, we still we're still very budget friendly. Yeah, you know I mean, or not oh, budget yeah. friendly, but yeah. budget conscious. Like, yeah. dude, I'm, I mean, we we try to get the best deals we can. I think that's money definitely buys comfort. I'm not arguing that. Yeah. 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 I think being frugal and appreciating a good deal is just like in your blood. It is. Sure. It's like I don't need that coupon, but you know what? I I want it. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Friday. Hell yeah. Well, here, let's uh, cheers one more time. Cheers. We're not to, done yet. No, we got one more section, but here's cheers to being a dope ass couple and a bunch of power, motherfucker. <laughs> Andy and Janelle. Andy and Janelle grind together, shine together, shine together. Andy and Janelle. Andy and Janelle. Andy and Janelle. Grind together, shine together, shine together. Andy and Janelle.
and 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 my dad was a very structured life, you know, like they, they, you know, it was like high school, college, get a, get a career, put your time in, retire, you know, that type of thing. Right. So we kind of had like both, both of those influences on our life. Like you had the structure, but you also had this like freedom. This, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but my, like my grandpa's story, is, he's super crazy, like I, very aspirational and I, I attribute some of my work ethic to him where I'm just like, I will never waste my time for the things that he did for us. You know, like he, he was, uh, his parents gave him up for, like, into an orphanage when he was like seven or eight or something like that. Oh, shit. So then he, basically, he had two, like, two siblings uh, in the orphanage as well, and he, like, took care of them. Like, he had to go look, you know, find food, take care of them. I mean, this is in the 19... It was in the Depression, 1930s. Yeah. You know, he was uh, late 1920s, I think 1930s. And, you know, like, he basically stayed in his foster home, said it was absolutely terrible, tried to run away multiple times, uh, went to foster homes where basically all he would do was just work on a farm. Like, that. that's all he would do was just work on a farm. And then, so he basically, when he was 17, he was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. Didn't know what he was going to do. He was going to go be a minister, trying to get out of there. And basically that wasn't for him. So then he was like, all right, I'm going to go... A list in the, the army, so it went to World War II. Um, World War II. You ever seen Band of Brothers on HBO? Yeah. Yeah, so that's about 82nd Airborne. And he yeah. was in 82nd Airborne. No shit. Yeah, so he did a bunch of crazy stuff over there. Um, he got two Purple Hearts. Yeah. yeah he, uh, but yeah, so he lived a pretty crazy life and then he came back. Met my grandma before he left. Married, came back, married her. And then, like, they, they were married for like almost 60 years. You know, have my, my mom, and he had a, he kind of did a handyman thing, like he was handy, but he, uh, he worked at P&G, you know, okay. that, was his, that was his, that was his career, like Fuck. he he did stuff at P&G, and then he was like, he would do the side jobs and stuff like that, but, oh, shit. yeah, like, it, it's kind of like, he, he had n- absolutely nothing, like his, nothing, nothing at all, and, you know, like, I couldn't imagine being a kid like that and get put into a, in an orphanage in the 30s, like, quite terrible, right, so I think, like, you know, it's, it would be an absolute waste, to, to not try hard from what he from what he came from to set me to where I am. It's kind of like what what about why would I squander that? And like before you said like waste my time on something yeah. that's not worth what he did. Like do yeah. you think about that in like big decisions or do you think about that sometimes in like like I'm getting out of this conversation with this person I don't need to be in because this is a fucking waste of time because like, I will yeah. I will balk out of a conversation quick when I start losing interest you know what I mean like I've had people like damn man as soon as it got to where you weren't interested no more you were done like do you do that all the time or I don't do that all the time I wish I was better at that I wish I was better at gracefully exiting a conversation you know well, I'm not um, graceful. Yeah, like I, I, I think it, I think it's more so like I don't think it. I don't think about it a lot when you know I'm making decisions or things like that. But I, I think it's just a a natural respect I have for for time, for other people's efforts. Like I think time is the most valuable asset, you know, most valuable resource. You never can buy more of it. Doesn't matter how wealthy you are. Yeah. It's like it, it is. It is the most valuable thing. Yeah. And uh, so don't don't squander it. And I think I think essentially like from the very beginning, Jared and I both knew that, and it was kind of like 
there's only so much time we're going to get on this planet, let's spend it the way we want to. Yeah. That's fucking, that's dope. And I'm recording, so I'm definitely starting this section somewhere like a few minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> you know, without the, without the cool intro or anything, but um, kind of what you were getting ready to ask when I said, hey, we're going to do that on the third section. I want to talk about that now because, and you think this is funny because I've sent this to you a couple times, but yeah. when I uh, started at Ownerland, I wasn't even a licensed agent yet. I'm still going through the classes. Jeff and Jenny did a, uh, or Ownerland did a, um, was it an awards or was it just like a meetup thing where I met you? Was it, I can't remember. It wasn't I think like it was the like gala. An awards thing or something. I don't know. Yeah, some, it was. It was a smaller version of yeah, what we do now. It was like one of the first ones. And I'm I'm not licensed. I know this is where I'm going, but I'm like I go there and I get sat down next to you. That's how we met. And this is probably I don't know six years ago or something like that. And uh, I remember like we cut it up all night. Like we were drinking beers. We're just talking. Like there's a lot of people around us, but we were just like kind of honed in on each other. And I went home and I told Chanel, like, man, this is going to be fucking awesome. Like, I met this dude today at Ownerland. Like, man, this, is, this fucking company's sweet. Like, I already knew I was going to be there. But I was like, I put notes in my phone when I met you for, um, like, we started talking about rentals and shit like that. But I put, met at Ownerland VIP reception. VIP reception, that's what it was. Him and his brother, 22 rentals, 9 flips. And I remember thinking, like, this is the kind of people I want to be around. You know what I mean? But at the time, I didn't realize what an outlier you were. You know what I mean? I thought you were just like, that's how agents are. You know what I'm saying? Like, this fucking dope-ass dude I met, I'm, I'm in a room full of motherfuckers like this. I just didn't get to talk to nobody else. Yeah. And then, then it got to the point I was like, holy shit. And like, I remember, I've sent this to you a couple times when you tell me how many units you're at. And yeah. honestly, coming in here was like, uh, I thought you were at like 450. 450 units like that's what I was telling people like that's where I was trying yeah. to go like we started talking about 10 yeah and then and then yeah. like so like I, I'm sure there's like several jumps but like what yeah. were like your increments or so 10 10 was just like a, a random number you pull out of the sky you know like they can like super basic math one house a hundred thousand dollars ten houses a million you can retire with that so it was kind of like you accomplished 10 and then it was kind of like, well, now what? Well, we're still just keep, you kind of start doing this. And so you just keep doing it. So then they keep coming. And, you know, 10 came a lot faster than I guess we anticipated. I think the goal after 10 might have been somewhere in like the 75 or 60 range or something like that. Um, then we did... That was when we kind of thought we were going to, we were like, we're going to move to Atlanta. Let's figure out this property management company, what we're going to do. So then we just went, like, gung-ho on flips. Like, we stopped buying rentals. We didn't stop buying rentals, but we, we slowed that pace down. Focus was the flips. So, and, and and we enjoyed that a lot. We did a lot of the work. We were really... Down in Atlanta? No, in, in Cincinnati. Okay. It was basically like, let's do as much flips as we can, make as much money as we possibly can, buy an apartment complex, and move to Atlanta. And then we'll start down there. And uh, we were really, really good at it. Like, we're really good at flips. Um, and we enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it a lot. And I think uh, we basically, we made a lot of money doing flips. And we didn't spend a dime of it on ourselves. It was like, <laughs> she, she she stayed at Fifth Third, and she worked Fifth Third, and we made all this money over here and stayed in the business. The business is money. And we found a, uh, a 42 unit apartment building. In, in Forest Park, and, and well, Jared was cold calling brokers, cold calling owners, constantly just call, call them, see what's going on, see what's going on. 
called a broker. The broker said, yeah, I have this building that meets your criteria. You know, it's under contract, but it's about to fall tomorrow. Let's talk about it. We went and looked at it, liked it. We made an offer on it. I mean, in reality, all this stuff, it's like, you don't know how it's going to play out. It's like, we didn't know how it was going to play out. We're like, well, let's just... This is how we start. Were you yeah. risking it all? All the money you saved, like, or yeah, we didn't. I don't know what the earnest money was, to be honest. Like, but we, since we we're only risking the earnest money, but if we got it, yeah, we're risking all the money we got. That's what I mean, like yeah, the down so, payment and shit. That yeah, was, so, so it was a it was a two point two million dollar property, and we, I think we had to put like they wanted us to put twenty five percent down. I don't know, just under five hundred thousand. So we had the money, we made all that money on the flips, we had the money to do that, but we we basically negotiated, Jared negotiated, that we would pay 20% down and we would put $100,000 of the CD for the bank and then the bank, that benefits the bank where they can loan sure. money. So we were, put, smart. we were able to put 20% down, we put 100000 in the CD, then we went and took a line of credit out on the CD because the CD is an asset, so we took 90000 out on a line of credit for the CD, so if we ever wanted that money we could use it. We didn't really use that much, but uh, and we still had cash. But it was like that was the we push everything in. That was a borrow. That was all. You're all in. That was it. You know, you did. That was super, super crazy hard years worth of work. Year and a half, throw everything in, and then we moved to Atlanta. And it was like fine. Everything worked. It was a stable property. Overall, was good. Okay, hold on. We can't just go over that that quick because. I know what it's like to put it all in. We both do. Like we've done it a couple times on rentals we bought. Like yeah. that's a scary decision, and like our numbers were never that high. I like, know. I'm like, yeah. damn. <laughs> what were you thinking? Like, did you say like we're going it all wasn't in? Money. I'm telling did you. you it was I, money. Like, I didn't imaginary. know how much money, money they had saved. I don't. I don't think I even knew how much money they had saved up. Work in like, a bank. <laughs> I just. I was doing my thing. All of our bills were paid. Like I. We were living super frugal. And it's like they, he just went to work every day, so I had no idea. And <laughs> even if they did fail, it's like it's not like we would lose. Our you're not house falling or backwards anything. or anything. Yeah, yeah, you're like, still surviving. That would be fine. But it still, was that's just... that's so awesome. Man, I, I mean, I were you that just like calm? <laughs> well, if you're if you don't exactly know, that's true. You know what I'm saying? So it like, is like imaginary money. You didn't even know. It wasn't yeah, like you didn't know. Well, so, yeah, yeah, like they would the tell amount. me how much it was, yeah. and I'm like, oh wow, like that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Were you it's freaking out at any point? Like, are you like, because dude, I know that I know how I am, and I'm, I, I'm probably a much more emotional person. You seem like you're just fucking. You're cool and calm all the time, just from how I know yeah, you. But Sienna's it's like, like I'm, really? I'm yeah. freaking out. Like I, I have rages of anxiety where I'm like, holy fuck, I'm about to, I'm about to risk it all, man. Like this is, and I've done that several times, and it's, it's worked out. But yeah. it's never been that much on the line. Like for you to just go through that story so simply, it's yeah. like it made my back sweat. I was like nervous for you, <laughs> <laughs> and it's already done. Like there's no reason to be nervous. I I do remember like looking at the settlement statement, go over and over, going over the settlement statement, and being like, "Is everything right?" You know, making sure we're not going to get like tricked into paying different property taxes, you know, for yeah. people and and all that stuff. But uh, nope, not really. I mean, to be honest, not really. Like it, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't say that to be, be cool. It was just like 
it was just like this is what it is like I'm confident I was confident that we could make this work yeah and uh, and, it, and if we ran into a problem that I couldn't foresee I felt that I could outwork that problem and solve it eventually sure. and, and we would make it through and like that property I mean super super great it was a great deal I mean we we saw opportunity that no one else saw yeah the based on our construction background we could tell that the, the water lines could easily be sub metered so we installed sub meters we took a $29,000 water bill off of our operating expense, put it back on the residents. Yeah. And uh, you know, we we increased NOI dramatically. NOI. Net, NOI, net operating income. Okay. So essentially, it makes the property. That's how you value a, uh, an apartment complex. If you raise NOI, the apartment is now worth more. Sure. So you can either, let's just say you can't appraise value. Like yeah, the, appraise value. Yeah. yeah. And basically, the appraisal is going to be based on the amount of money that the, the complex creates, generates. So you're not going to you know, you can raise income, and that's one way that you make the property more valuable. You can also reduce expenses. So yeah, we saw opportunity in raising rents a little bit, but it's like we saw this huge opportunity in reducing the expenses. Yeah. So the, the value from the property was dramatically increased because we reduced expenses from the water bill, along with other things as well. But like, uh, we also increased, increased revenue with like renting out plus, plus you're on the tail end of just working your fucking ass off for a year and a half, two years. Like, you always know that hard work is, if, if everything goes wrong, I still have hard work. Yeah. I can do another two years yeah. and be right back in my situation yeah. again. You know what I mean? There's something yeah. about that that's comforting. And I, I think that's the same with us. Like, and not only like real estate problems, but any problems we face, I'm always like, we got this, man. Like, we know how to work through shit. You know what I'm saying? Like. And we can always just fall back on fucking hard work and yeah. like being able to grind. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a comfort in just knowing that that's always an option. You know, yeah. I mean? it's not always fun and it's not always yeah. the best option, but it's it's an option. It'll get us through. It's a secure base. You know what I sure. mean? It's like, it, it, and it enables you to take that risk because you know you have that. You right. Know? Like, uh, you guys are good with each other, and it's like you can you can take that risk. You can grow. You can try different things because. You know, even if you fail, like you still have her support. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All so, right. 42 units yeah. down to Atlanta. You come back. Like, when? What are the big? What are the big? Uh, like now, you're not even fucking. I know you've gotten rid of all your singles, right? Most of them. No, we didn't get rid of the singles until 2020. That was okay. it. We moved to Atlanta in 2016. Moved, moved back to Cincinnati in 2018. Okay, so like. When is when did the was that first one that forty two unit where like this is what we got to do? Like, yeah, let's we, get bigger ones like bigger units. Yeah, we kind of always knew that the scale like the scale we could always anticipate the scale like single families always had their their burdens of like put it simply like let's just say somebody moves out and they leave a bunch of garbage. Like, Man, I gotta get a thirty yard dumpster delivered to the house. We gotta get this trashed out. But at an apartment complex, you got eight yard dumpsters already sitting right there. Yeah. You know, like that's that's kind of a simple version of it, but you get the economies of scale with an apartment complex. Sure. So it was like we always wanted we always wanted to go that route. We never knew how we were gonna get there, what it was gonna be like, but it was kinda like single-family houses, what we could start with. I mean the first house we bought was fourteen thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, I mean houses back in two thousand twelve were cheap. Yeah. We bought a house for eight thousand dollars. Yeah. Eight thousand. Yeah. I mean, it was the worst house ever, but it was $8,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much did you sell 14 and 8 for? Uh, we sold 14 5 for 100000 We sold 8000 for 150000 Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> uh, I fucking love it. Yeah. How far after? Like uh, 10 years later? Nah, nah. 
Like just that was Four like a foot years, okay. Five years. Okay, so ah, uh, well, no, the one was probably eight years later, eight to eight and six. Yeah, so it's a different market altogether. That's it's a different market altogether. Yeah. yeah, I mean, completely renovated house too. You yeah, know, that's yeah, all sure. ours. You know, you, you bought it for 14, you're not talking about that money that we actually put into it to fix it up or hmm. our time, which wasn't really accounted for, but I mean. But how much so, did you put into it? Oh, uh, I mean, uh, we were probably into the 8,001 for 60. Yeah, it's not all, bad. You know, that's amazing return. That's what oh, I no, yeah, mean. I mean, returns were phenomenal. So, after the 42, like, did you guys make up your mind, like, you're going for this many and bigger? like? I think that that's so the 42 put us around like 60 something. Uh, so I met you before you went you to met, Atlanta. You met me before the 42, you met me before I went to Atlanta, yeah. I think you were talking about the 42 at that party. Yeah. I think I remember you saying, like, he's at 22, they're getting like yeah. a 42, they're gonna have like 60. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember yeah. thinking that yeah, was this dude's this fucking young nuts. Guy. Yeah. I'm like, what? That's crazy. Yeah, we, bought, we bought properties before where we didn't have to bring any money to the table. That we got checks for property tax, so that like we would get money at the table as the buyer. Jesus, for big yeah. ones? Huh? For big units or for like? Oh, uh, that was like a nine unit. No shit. Yeah, that's that was crazy. Like a nine that's mixed use, mixed use. <laughs> we bought that. I don't remember what we bought that for. Um, but the guy wanted to get rid of it. He wanted to get rid of it so bad, and we had done deals with him in the past. He trusted us. He knew we were reliable. He knew we could go for it. Yeah. So we took a we took an owner finance deal on that one. Nice. You, you know, here it is. Zero interest. We're just going to make these payments to you. Uh, whatever. I forget what it was. Yeah. But uh, basically, we gave him a price that he couldn't get at that time because the market wouldn't support it. The property wasn't. You good saw enough. the potential. Yeah. yeah. So we, we we took it on. There was opportunity there, and we we fixed it up. We put a new roof on, painted it. You know, fixed up, placed some place some better residents in there, and. Um, and, and made it made it made it a good property, made it functioning. Yeah. And then we held it for two years, three years, and probably, I think we sold it for I don't know, we probably made like fifty or fifty of That's crazy, man. Hundred seventy, hundred seventy-five, hundred seventy-five, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but we but we get we didn't put any money into that. Right. Zero dollars. We right. paid like eight grand at closing for property taxes. That's nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. So where where's the scaling start? Like so, so it obviously started in the forty-two. What's been your number since? Like, the, the are you even looking at ten unit buildings anymore? If the deal's right, will you do it? No, not so really. So where are you guys at? Now, let, let's first say I'd be looking at like 50, 50 or plus. I would 50 say fifty or more. Yeah. So how many? Let's talk about we, this because let's say the goal went from like at the seventy five point, we probably went up to about thirteen hundred was the goal. Let's get to thirteen hundred based on like a cash flow number. This is what we think we can do. We were really thirteen hundred really, units. Thirteen hundred units. We were like, man, thirteen hundred units. By the time I'm 40 years old, I'm 35 now, I'd be like, okay, 1,400 units, or 1,300 units, we'd be pretty, pretty good cash flow. Uh, you know, we're really financial free. Come on, man. <laughs> as frugal as you are, I have to believe that less than 13 units would have you all right. Oh, for sure. But <laughs> you're ambitious. I I'm love ambitious. it. I, I, that's, that's I like stability. That's I like it. I like that. Uh, now he has three daughters. So. Yeah. Yeah. Solid as a rock, motherfucker. No doubt about it. But I'm skipping a step too. So when so when we moved to Atlanta, basically we tried to find that property manager company. Couldn't find it. Mm -hmm. There was a guy who we had met in Cincinnati. We were like, and, and he was a really good person like he was a, he, he meshed with us well like sure. his personality as well as a good character and we you know we kind of uh 
he would come see the flips we were doing or see the properties we were fixing up. How is this? Like he just heard about you or bigger you bought pockets, one from bigger him? pockets is no where it was from. Yeah, and That's he's like, awesome. we went to like a lunch or a dinner or something like that. And he was there and he drove some some busted car, you know. But he was he was ambitious, had good goals, seemed very smart. Yeah, and we were just kind of like so we when we were uh, having this issue of finding a management company. I think Jared posted on Facebook or something about it. He replied, hey, I'll be your property manager for the time being just so I can learn because I want to get properties of my own. Right. And we had met with him multiple times. I mean, he's a really great guy. So we were like sat down with him. We were like, listen, we'll give you equity in the business if you want to be a part of this business and you manage it while we're in Atlanta. And he was like, yeah. That's amazing. So, what an opportunity that, that yeah. guy came across. Yeah, so I mean it, it, it I mean it worked out really well and I to this day I'm very thankful for it. You know, like I think he's a great partner, never had any issues with him. Um, I think we're very like minded. I think we got super lucky with that. You know, you never know who you're getting into this with. And uh, uh, he's he is mentally like very opposite of Jared and myself. And Jared and myself are very very much so the sim- very similar and he having that inverse is good contrast mm. uh, he can see things in different light than we would see that kind of counteract what we would do and, no shit. and, and help helps make decisions even even better and you well man and you embrace that too huh like oh sure like you see it and that's yeah. that's pretty dope yeah so i mean it's, it's good for all of us you know yeah. like i i believe in the value that he added to the company uh it's, well, he- a, it's a third it's a split three way. Yeah, you your know. motto is like diversity is yeah, the, road to, it's yeah. the road to success. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. like that's yeah, right. I think if you don't have it, you will fail. Like you will absolutely fail because there will be somebody that has a different idea than you and they will come in because they have a different background or whatever that made them different than me and they're going to come in and they're going to capitalize on that opportunity. So if you don't have that in your business, if you don't have that in your culture, your company, you're going to get taken. Yeah. Or just get run into the ground because you missed yeah. what was next. Yeah. And I, honestly, I believe that that's, that's nature. Like, I don't think that that's, that's human nature. I think that's nature. So, like, there's a, there's a podcast. That one of my favorite podcasts of all time is called, it's a TED Talk. It's how, uh, Why We Work. They mm. talk about chickens. And they say, like, okay, so we're going to take these chickens. We're going to make this super flock. These are the best chickens out of the... They, they lay the most eggs. Like, they, they do the best job ever. We're going to take it from these regular chicken flocks, and we're going to put them and make a super flock. And they study them. What happens? The super flock, all of them are dead, except for, like, maybe three. And all these regular flocks, flourishing, more eggs than ever, super great. And that's, that's exactly what you need. You need a bunch of different ideas, a bunch of different people from a bunch of different places to come together, come up with an idea, and believe in something, and then they can really create something that's like bulletproof. And it'll flourish. Yeah, It'll flourish. It's, 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 it's literally unbreakable. Think about that in societal terms, just the way society is now, how everybody's so divided. And yeah. they get they, they find their pockets of people that think like them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's what they go for because they're comfortable with yeah. that. And then it's just gonna all fall. It's all gonna crumble. Like yeah. it, we even say we tell what was um uh, diversify your circle. Like that's huge for us. You know what I mean? Like make sure that there's all kinds of people around you because you're not seeing things the way everyone is seeing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's some real shit, man. Yeah. Like, and to recognize that. Somebody's going to see something a different angle than you, and they're going to be able to capitalize on that. But and you also have to be willing to accept that view. 
yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like some yeah. people get so good at what they're doing that they're like, yeah. I know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. Sit back and relax. You know what yeah. I mean? But I mean, that's kudos to you for being able to see that. And it surprises me that like it's two blood brothers and a guy that saw you on bigger pockets or heard you on bigger pockets. That is an equal partner with you now, right? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's so dope. Like his his story. I gotta interview him too. Like, like yeah. that's, that's an incredible that's an incredible story, man. Like, like so think like, about this dude. And so we we really value like everybody's opinion within the company. So like uh you know whether no, no matter the position, everybody gets two hours every single week, and they meet up with their peers that do the same thing. Like whether you're a maintenance tech, a, you know, or a cleaner, or a property manager, or leasing agent, whatever, you get together with those the same profession. And you have two-hour lunch. We pay for the time. We don't pay for food. We pay for your time. And you have to answer like four or five questions. And it's kind of like... Uh, do you provide the questions? We provide the questions. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, hey, what would you do if you did this? Or, you know, and uh, what's your opinion of this? And ask their opinion a lot. And the purpose of that is to really hear from the people who have the boots on the ground. You know, we used to be the people with the so boots on the ground. So you sit at all these? Like it's no, not... I don't sit at all. But they, I get all their answers. They email them to me. They get all emailed to me. But like they... We get to hear their experiences day to day and what's going on and, and value their input and realize that we aren't the people with the boots on the ground anymore and that we need that input to give the company direction because if we sit back here from a distance and try to make decisions based on stuff we don't know about, then we're going to make a decision, we're going to make the wrong choice. Yeah. So it's like uh, we're going to misguide the company down the wrong way. So like we get we we pay for all this 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 input, which I think is unique. Yeah. And, uh, so what do you do with all the data? Like it goes with a gigantic Google spreadsheet. Yeah. But I mean, it gets emailed to to myself, Jared, and Coleman, uh, and 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 their direct reports. So we uh, essentially, if a, a maintenance tech does their they're called a peer to peer, they call peer to peer questions. They do their peer to peer, their their superior direct report. It's uh gets these answers, and then the following week, they have a 15 to 25 minute phone call with that person to discuss those discuss those answers because whether it needs an answer or not, but we don't want somebody to be disgruntled and like have I'm, have I'm an unheard. issue yeah. because with, whether whether that 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 issue needs a, a resolution or not, we could at least provide a reason as to to why we're doing something a certain way. To give them a justification, to like, okay, well, that's why I'm, that's why I'm doing this. That's why it's harder for me because it's beneficial to leasing. So it blows my mind to hear you say that you're having a problem with staffing, because yeah. that feels like that would create, like, just like loyalty and like I want to be here. I think it does to an extent, but I think there's a lot of competition in the market right now for, for okay. employment, and so like I think we, we do have a lot of really good people. And How many people do you employ at this point? That's uh, like 36. Holy shit. How many, uh, we still haven't talked about this. How many units do you have? Uh, 837. 837. Yeah. <laughs> and how many did you pick up today? 100. <laughs> <laughs> Any other day, you might not be able to answer that. It's so fucking cool. It would have been 737 yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so you actually closed on a building today. You exactly. told me that yep. as soon as yeah, we sat well, down. So. Westchester is one of the biggest deals we've done to date. Uh, What's the biggest? Uh, Over 100? 200. And we closed on 219 units in one day. There's three properties. Three different properties three in different one properties. day. Yeah, but one property, 100 units. Uh, we have another property that's 100 and, 108 units is the biggest individual one one location. 
It's fucking nuts, man. So do you guys, I mean, I probably know the answer to this already. You're frugal. But are you like, sweet, 100 buildings or 100 units, vacation, <laughs> Let's Jamaica. get to a podcast. That's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go have a drink. Uh, fucking liar. <laughs> it just so happened. <laughs> no, we don't do that at uh, all. Not like, like pop bottles, just a high five. Extremely no, anticlimactic. We didn't do anything. It's like I forgot that they were closing on it. And they called me today when I was in the girls' like gymnastics class. And... It's like, yeah, we just closed. I was like, oh, good job, babe. Awesome. <laughs> it's cool. extremely anticlimactic. It really is. That's it's awesome. never been. Yeah. Yeah, like, like even when I get like a closing for a house, like we're going to dinner. Yeah. Like, like we're going somewhere nice yeah. to sit down and like celebrate the, yeah. that because that's a small success. Do you guys we, do that or it's we just... celebrate like every week? Like we have a thing yeah. called Fun Friday where oh, did you get your shot on the way out. We had a drink in the car right here. So it's like we do Fun Friday. We have Sunday Fun Day where we go to breakfast every Sunday with the family. So it's like we do stuff like that every week. So yeah, it's yeah. like so every week yeah. is a celebration. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's like when these things happen, it's just. I cannot yeah. fucking wait. Like, in my, so my number has always been a hundred units. Like, I'm, in my mind, I've always wanted a hundred doors. Like, whether it be not units, but a hundred doors. And I can't wait until the day that when we buy a hundred, it's just like something that just happened. Like, yeah. it's just like a normal thing. That's fucking amazing. Dude. Just pass yeah. us some of the, like your little turd ten units. <laughs> yeah. Well, you ever? Yeah. I mean, you ever buy anything that you like? You like anticipated? You researched? You thought about it? You looked at it? And you're like, Every wow. Time. You waited, and all of a sudden you get it, and then it just you know, it's just like this is great. But it's like almost the imagination, the work, the progress to get it was yes. what's actually exciting. Yes. That the whole process is all that matters. To That's exactly what it is. So it's kind of like that. That's all good. We've we've done this where we'll close and I'll be like, well, it's. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about dinner after the closing an hour later. Yeah. I'm like, well, we've done this. Yeah. Like now all we're doing is renting these to somebody and yeah. like we've done this. I'm not excited about yeah. this place at all anymore. Like the level goes from like, yeah. here we're we're at the closing. We're about to do this shit and then it's like, oh yeah, we've done this. Like we, it's we, literally in the process, man. Like the process is. Yeah everything it's i think, I, think everything. We, I mean we did do more celebratory things sometimes like dinners or something like that yeah well it's i mean honestly what comes to mind to me is like when me and jared used to complete a job like back when we were doing work for other people like doing a kitchen or doing a bathroom or something like that we would finish that job get paid and we would go to chipotle get a burrito <laughs> but we want to get a coke we want to get guac you know what i mean like it was like that was that's a legit that celebration yeah i mean like it was like holy is banging yeah it, it was good so it was just like that was that was the reward right um, do you um and, and like I, I know you're probably you're, you're definitely running in different circles i mean even from when i met you you know what i'm saying like i know you like people that are investing with you like you're you're meeting people that are doing thing on things on a larger scale but do you realize, like, to yourself, how much, and Jared, like, do you guys talk about, like, how much of an outlier you guys are? Or do you just no. feel like no. you're Andy and, and Jared? Yeah, feel like I'm Andy and Jared. Like, no, it does not. I don't think that clicks. Um, I mean, I, I'm aware of, like, 
basic facts, you know, like sure. I'm obviously aware of it, but it's like it's like you're not standing in, in the mirror like pounding your chest sometimes like I'm a bad motherfucker. No. Well you are. I'm yeah, just gonna yeah. tell you like he, has, he gets bossed around by three little girls like yeah. well, we when are, he that, gets home. Yeah. So that keeps him very like <laughs> No, but I, I get that. That happens to anybody who's a dad, whether you're yeah. successful or not. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're not I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that I'm, as the you know founder or co-owner of the company, that I'm better than the maintenance man. Like the other day, I'm not like, saying I that. Like, I don't, and, I'm know, not saying that. Yeah. I'm saying like, are there times where, like, you're gripping the wheel and you're driving into your hundred unit building mm-hmm. and you're like. Damn, this is some dope shit. I did some dope shit. I'm yeah. a bad motherfucker. Like you guys like, have like an oil painting of you guys like, in every one of your buildings. <laughs> I don't have that. In, in a seersucker with a horse behind you and shit. Like, come on, man. I did get a, a new truck recently, which makes it nice for driving into work. It yeah. does make it comfortable and nice and enjoyable. Well, and the and reason I, I had I say, to push him to get it yeah. too, and yeah. he didn't want it. And what? I was like, "Get a new truck. Yours is the worst ride ever." Like, <laughs> I hated riding. If my truck wouldn't have died, truck. I'd be in a fucking '94 <laughs> Dodge. Like I loved it. Was it red as fucking beer. It had dents all over it, but I loved it. I want it in our driveway. Like, park it up the street. So Dodges, Dodge Rams is where we started. Jared had a Ram, I had a Ram. And the very first first company we ever started, we named it White Wall Rehab. That was the origin. That was the first company. Did you have White Walls on it? We painted White Walls on the the truck, just as a joke. We had a dump truck, we painted it White Walls. We had the Rams, we painted them White Walls. It was just us more. Why didn't you just buy White Walls? Come on. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> the truck was like $500. Yeah, so yeah, they were yeah. going to spend it. I mean, it was the most reckless time. I mean, it was and the reason I, I bring that up, not not only because I don't think you do probably think like that, and I wanted you to know that I think of you like that. Like, you are a bad motherfucker, man. You ain't a brother. I don't even know him that well. You know what I'm saying? I met him a couple times, but it's like knowing how I met you and like hearing your story of how you guys came up. It's fucking amazing what you've accomplished. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. for the for the purpose of this podcast, there's going to be people listening. And how many people have you talked to that want to do real estate? A lot, tons. Yeah, like lot. it's it's. I mean, because of the shows, same way you saw. Like, there's people that consider real estate the way to go, and most people end up like me. Like, and and honestly, sometimes I feel like. I'm an outlier to people that I talk to because I've got five or six. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And and people are like, how the Most fuck did you, Yeah, how the fuck did you get five or six? Like I'm thinking about one or two, you know what yeah. I mean? But then like anybody that's listening to this that is thinking about getting into real estate is going eight hundred and fucking thirty something units. Yeah. Like that's insane, man. Yeah. So I just yeah. just want you to know, like 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 I do a thing called my highlight reel. And you've probably heard this before, uh, where if I walk into a building or somewhere where people don't know me, I've got like four or five things that I've done really dope in my life that I think about as I'm getting ready to walk through the door. So it just makes me kind of puff up and it creates a sense of fucking dopeness. You know what I'm saying? Like I want everybody when they look at me when I'm coming in to be like, this is a confident motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, man. I just, you gotta do it sometimes, bro. Yeah. You're bad, motherfucker. You walk out with your chest like, shit. He's like, well, you walk in first. I'm like, I don't want to walk in first. You walk in. He's like, come on. 
highlight reel. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm like, you're such a bad motherfucker. Like, just let everybody know as soon as you hit the door. You know what I I'm saying? Try that. You, you just do it. Like, just think all your best shit and like walk in like, yep. And I'm thinking like about my, I'm thinking about my kids. I'm thinking about our wedding day. I'm thinking about, you know, some of the big checks we wrote for ourselves. I'm thinking of like, I'm really like, like for me, like one of the biggest pump ups for me is vacation. Like if we can go somewhere dope, like I made this happen. We made this happen. Like our kids are experiencing some fucking phenomenal shit. You know what I'm saying? And like I walk around all week like I can't believe we made this happen. Like we did this shit. Like we just went to Mexico, right? Yeah. Awesome. Oh, it was fucking amazing. It was the best trip we ever went on. But I think about even in Mexico though, there was a speakeasy. And when you walked in it was like a it looked like a library door, so no one knows yeah. you're coming in so you come in and then everybody sees you coming in yeah. and uh i was just like i'm telling her go i'm i'm in her ear like as we're walking through i'm like there's a video like we're, we're <laughs> <laughs> there's a video where like we're recording and walking you're like highlight reel and like <laughs> i'm like i just think i think people that are bad motherfuckers need to know it and fucking exude it i mean even though you do naturally you know what i'm saying but it's i think it's important well, that, that's one. That's where I was going with this. So there, there, there are these people that are listening, going, and most people will never end up with eight hundred and something units. You know what I'm saying? That's what yeah. makes you the outlier. But what is your advice to those people that are? And I'm sure you talk to this, talk about this with people all the time. Like, what do they do to make it happen? I think the my advice to the anybody who is wanting to get started in any kind of financial freedom, I guess, is what I can speak to, would be just to live below your means. Live below your means. You know, like, uh, don't don't make... And, and don't make 100000 and spend 100000 Don't make 100000 and spend 90000 You know, make 100000 and spend forty-five. You know, like, yeah. uh, live below your means. Be, be com- comfortable with yourself. And... Uh, be happy, just be happy with the basics be happy with the basic things and you don't need a lot of money to do that um, yeah so just live below your means take that money and invest it smartly you know I know that real estate investment is not for everybody like I'm not sitting here saying like oh go out and get a rental because like people think it's a kind of a get rich quick but it really is not and, uh, it's not at all and uh, and it's it's a challenge so like I think for the majority of people I would say just just save your money, live below your means, and take take what you have in excess and, and put that towards a stable asset. Hmm. Is is the real estate the stable asset, or are real you getting the stable asset? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So specifically for real estate, like that first step, like somebody that's saved up their money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, do you think the single unit is the way to go? Do you think like, because to me, I always tell people I would do a multi-unit. I mean, yeah. you, you got to put more down, but if you have it, it's unless you're going to live in it, then you don't have to. If I were telling somebody to go into real estate and they didn't have any real estate uh, before that, I would tell them to go get a quad. Quad. Because yeah. the quad is right before it goes to commercial. Five is commercial, four is not. Yeah. So, you, so your lending is going to be a little bit more forgiving. Sure. Um, so you're able to get a loan a little bit easier. So I would go for a quad, uh, four units in one spot. I think that you get a lot of benefit for having them all in one location. Mm-hmm. and uh, try to capitalize on that because if you get four houses you probably could generate more income but you're also going to generate a lot more expenses sure. and proportionally getting a quad you'll, you'll end up with a higher income 
especially if you can live in one of them. Especially if you and, live in one of them. And rent out the other one. Because then you're getting a lower down payment. Yeah, yeah. And I you're think, getting that income. I think it's also important to screen, to make sure that you screen people mm-hmm. and to make sure you're Good doing the background checks and make sure you're verifying their income. So how do you guys do that? Do you have like a, like a, like a, a service that does that or are you actually doing it yourself? Yeah, it's like a, we have a property management software called Affolio and essentially someone can apply to rent a unit, uh, rent an apartment. And online or something? Online, yeah. Uh, I mean, they could do it in the office or something like that too, but they would apply and essentially, you know, they run some background check on them, run some credit check on them, and then we have minimum requirements that they have to meet to then be able to live in the apartment. There's a story behind why you said that though. Like, so at Fifth Third, I did modifications. Okay. So I did the, it's like if someone was in a hardship and couldn't pay their mortgage, it's like my job was I ran the government program. So I would lower their interest rates and their terms, like do a yeah. forbearance. So it's like I ran into a lot of people that couldn't afford their mortgage even from the beginning. Right. So it's like I kind of helped them come up with the process in screening people and only having 30% of their debt to income ratio for like for rent. Hmm. So it's just you can't have someone wanting to rent an apartment but it's I think 50%, if they're going over 30%, 70%. that's pretty dangerous. Yeah, you so it's I mean? like you have to just make sure you screen everyone and don't just, you know, oh, I know this person, I'm going to I'll just let him live there. It's like you oh, no. you can't do that. You have to have standards and you have to stick with them. Would you Okay, so you implemented that at Fifth Third? That, that, well, that I, kind of screen that's how, Yeah, that's how I would modify their mortgage. Did I would, that roll I would over? get their payment down to 30%. Gotcha. So that's how I that's how I help them to come up with the 30% guideline. Okay. And yeah, if it's so changed like, since then... Integrated you know, this like screening process of like minimum requirements yeah. to make sure that we weren't you know, giving an apartment to somebody who couldn't afford it or basically had... You know, like with a violent felony, or, you know, like those types of uh, screening requirements. So just, yeah. just create a community where people, again, feel safe, create feeling home. Yeah. Feel good about. Well, we're we're getting close to the end of this, but something that I talked to Jeremy today, and I told him who I was interviewing. Jeremy is uh, Emmett Ridge Farm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So he had an inter- interesting perspective when I told I told him 450 units. He's like, holy shit! Like when he hears this, he's gonna be like, oh my god, you lied. <laughs> but. Um, one uh, a thing that he brought up that I thought was a really interesting aspect is like the hustle kind of remains. It's always the same, but when you scale to the point that you have, your problems are still like scaling with you, right? Like you're you're not alleviating any problems by getting any bigger. You know, you're you're always dealing. It, it doesn't matter how big you get. Like if you remain with that constant hustle. Like you're still going to be overturning issues on maybe even a bigger scale. You solve one problem for another; they evolve. You know, and yeah. they, you know, their problems evolve just like the business evolves. And so, like, I don't think you get to a point where it's like there's no problems and everything's just carefree. Maybe eventually you get there where you can you can separate yourself from the business enough where you don't per- you don't personally uh, are involved in those problems. But those problems are gone; they're there. You just have other people that solve those for you. Yeah. And eventually, I would like to get to a point where it's like I, I'm not so much retired or done or whatever, but it's like never very will. much so like it would be just my choice of what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, 
and and that's it. So if I want to leave and go somewhere, I'm I'm gone, and it, it's not going to influence the business. Right now, it still influences the business. Sure. And so like uh, there's there's still work to be done. I think by the time I'm 40, that I'll, I'll hit it. You know, I think we'll be there. It's uh, and that's kind of been my goal for the whole time. Yeah. Uh, 40 would be retirement, and and retirement for me is not just like not doing anything. It's working as much as I want, doing what I want when I want it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, that that brings up what's next, and you brought me uh, you brought me this yeah. book, which is yeah. this is super interesting. So, define business success. This is explain. This is something your brother put together, right? Yeah. Well, both of you, or just him? Him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we talked about it, but it's majority of him. Okay, so explain what this is. This is a this is a business specific publication that that you guys created. Yeah, it's like a magazine or an article. It's a magazine that was written in uh, future presence so like uh, to our employees to the public almost of like what our company has become so it can in what year 2025 okay so three years from now this yeah. is you're telling yourself what has happened yeah so it, it kind of gives everybody uh, a direction to follow rather than just like we're working every day what are we doing what are we working for what are we accomplishing it's to give everyone kind of that that dot in the horizon, like there it is. Yeah. What can I do today that guides us, myself, everyone towards that dot? And what is that dot in a nutshell? I mean, I know what it is. Twenty five hundred like. units in two thousand twenty five hundred. Yeah. So you're at eight hundred and thirty seven. Yeah. So you've got what does that give you? Like uh, one thousand seven hundred and yeah. something. So like you've literally almost got you've got at least double yeah. what you have now in the next. Three years? Is it the end of 2023 or are we talking about January 1st? It would be like end of 2025. <laughs> December 2025. 2025, that's what I mean. Yeah. So you've got, like, essentially, shit, man, you've got three and, a uh, three and a half years. Yeah. It'd be a challenge for sure. That's, that's fucking lofty, man. Yeah, like, it is. Like, is it, did you go higher than you think you can get or is that like, no, we're, we're going to get there? Oh, I think that the goal will increase once we get there. Not even, to be honest, like I think we'll get to, you know, you'll get to 2,000, you'll get to 2,100 or whatever, and you land on, and it'll be like, well, keep going. 2,500 is in the horizon, so, you know. So it just keeps growing, and once you get there, you just change the goal. Yeah. Um, Constantly. So like, yeah, it just evolves, and it's kind of like it becomes easier to grow. For sure, it becomes easier to grow. Sure. Yeah, and then. Because of experience, because of capital, because of you know, like yeah, sure. So, did did your brother see someone else do something like this, or is this I like think a? He read something about, uh, or listened to a podcast about that, and just kind of one of those peer-to-peer -peer questions that we were talking about. That people come and they answer with like, "What's going on?" You know, like this kind of uncertainty, or or like uh, direction, looking for direction within the company. And it's kind of like, well, we don't want people to be. You know, just aiming blindlessly, blindly, you know, to accomplish goals. I want to give them direction, want to keep them informed. You know, they're essential to the success of the business as well. So it's to create that, to give them that idea, give them that perspective. But I think where he got it from was probably some other Thanks, podcast or some other book or something like that he listened to. Yeah. He listens to audiobooks, he didn't read. But. Yeah. Yeah, and what's interesting about the book is it has every department and then it has all the positions in that department and it's like some of those positions don't exist so it gives their employees a look in the future that I can have the opportunity to get this job like I want to be once we're ready for that know, position property manager I might be the guy that gets it or yeah. something like that that's so awesome. it's like yeah, it gives them 
you know, something to look forward to and something to work Have towards. you had a lot of good feedback from the employees from the book when they got it? Like, I think uh, the people who want to benefit from it, who care about it, they definitely take they that and, and benefit from it and, and use it to, to help themselves. Yeah. And I think that people who are just, you know, here to make their paycheck is, that's, you know, yeah. it's kind of just whatever. And but, I, but I don't fault for that either, you know. Yeah, that's, I mean, those, each type of people are essential for to sure. any business. You know what I'm exactly. saying? You gotta have, you can't have a, a business full of, like, entrepreneurs it, yeah. it, it, it'll, it'll yeah. never maintain you got to have the exactly. people that are ready to go so yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i take super chickens or whatever comment but yeah i think it's 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 just important to be inclusive it's important to like get everybody involved because i think whether somebody's an entrepreneur or somebody's an employee or whatever everybody wants to be successful yeah so it's like why not empower them to do that why not you know get sure. everybody involved we're all doing it together it's like don't don't kid ourselves like i'm you know the this egotistical leader like you know it's, it's all like, me yeah it's like no we're, we're we're doing this together like i couldn't do it without them they couldn't do it without me let's get it done you my know? boy my boy kyle um it's one of the agents i work with at Underland, and he's he's working on the, the house with us we were talking about this today like uh he brought up a good business idea and he's like there's no business ever made that is it's like um by yourself there's always people that are involved that are helping you see that vision and like you gotta realize that all of the pieces are important you know what i mean like it's it's that's a truth man and i think i think a lot of people lose sight of that or people that are involved don't feel like they're valued you know what i mean in the position that they hold no matter if it's a I'm here to get paid or I'm here to grow and like expand with you guys like I think it's important for people to feel like they're a part of something you know what I mean and that's a that's a fucking brilliant idea man how do people find you um, are you guys on Facebook or you're not like a social media guy yeah I'm not but there's a there's an SNS management on Facebook there's a there's an SNS management.com SNS-management.com um, you can see all of our listings and kind of our properties on on that website and I think it's a uh, apply uh, sns.com and you can apply to. So, what kind of positions are you looking for right now? We're looking for maintenance techs. Uh, we're looking for leasing agents as we grow. You mm -hmm. know, main, maintenance is the main thing we're looking for right now. We're, like, uh, we're, we're growing a lot, so it's sure. We're kind of looking for all positions, but uh, maintenance and leasing would be the, the biggest ones. Nice. Um, and then. Uh, like no Facebook, all that stuff, but your website, but also you can kind of learn. Jared's been on Bigger Pockets twice, right? Like, there's, do you know what the episodes are? Like, if anybody's if anybody's thinking about getting into real estate yeah. and you don't know what Bigger Pockets is, you certainly yeah. should pay attention to that podcast because yeah. it's it's like the monster. You know what I mean? Like, it's one that you need. It's almost like you need to read Rich Dad Poor Dad. You need yeah. to pay attention to Bigger Pockets. Do you know what episodes he was on? I think you, if I were to guess, it'd be like one twenty-four. And to okay, so look for Jared Sturm. Yeah. You just gotta kind of search his name, and then you can, if you're more interested in more detailed like strategy, I guess, or like yeah. the story, because it's taking place a hundred yeah. and something episodes apart, so it's quite a different interview. Yeah, creativity behind the business. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the last one bigger prize was like when we were in Atlanta. You know, and we've been back in Cincinnati since 2018, so it's uh. Those podcasts are a little old, but it's it's definitely the 
innovation and the creativity of starting a business. Like that, when you don't have money to solve the problem, how do you solve it? You know, yeah. a lot of things like that in there. Yeah, moxie. Yeah. I love <laughs> saying that word. I say it almost every podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I hadn't said it yet, so I had to throw it in there. I mean, it's a real thing, man. Like, getting a, getting a grind on it. And, like, so I want to bring up one more, one last thing before we get off here. Um, I like hanging out with you guys on a personal level, even, like, we've been talking about this podcast for, like, a year, at least, at this point. Like, yeah. I, I knew know, you I were going like to be on it. Talk, like, I want to talk oh, no, to this, Chanel more. <laughs> like, no, this could be, a, uh, this could be a, like, a five-hour podcast if we wanted to be. We'll have to revisit here, um, especially year. knowing what your goal is, like, maybe, like, an uh, annual checkup to see where you're at. That would be dope. But I'm really disappointed that you guys aren't going to be able to go to Sneaker Ball with us again this year, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, that was yeah. one of the dopest events I've ever been to so in Cincinnati. Fun. That was so fun. You guys went to it the first time with us. Like that bar entry afterwards was that the Oh my god, you, the, they this were the biggest hype team ever. It, it was amazing. That's the highlight yeah. reel. Like, that's a highlight reel for yeah. real. Like, yeah. like remember how that I was like, this is fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. And we should have two more Jays. Yeah, you well, guys both got on the same <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, I mean, I got some next year. You got I mean, Jay's it's unfortunate. On? You got Jay's on, but... No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, you know, he has damn. the same one as these because we were going to go twinning to the sneaker yeah. ball this year. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah, but she bought those shoes to go to the sneaker ball this year, and then we found out we couldn't go. Um, I had to wear that one We're going next year. Yeah. Next year, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, the bad thing is they don't tell us <laughs> yeah. long enough. So, uh, Matt, if you're listening to this or anybody involved with sneaker ball, you need to announce that shit like four months earlier than you did this year so we can make sure that everybody can go. Yeah. Some motherfuckers are busy. We yeah. get busy. We got to yeah. make sure we're free that weekend because I think at Music Hall it's going to be awesome. But yeah. that, was a, that was a cool experience. I'm, I'm really glad. We finally got to sit down. Are you? I know you listen to every episode. Mm-hmm. Are you going to listen to your episode? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I listen to all of them anyway. Yeah. Like even when they're done, I still listen to them. So. We'll do it together, like in a car or something. Yeah. It'll take us a couple weeks to finish it, but yeah. we'll do it. <laughs> That's yeah. how they work, especially this one. I mean, we're, I mean, we're in over the two hours. I always talk about, I'm, you know, you heard the little excerpt of me when I'm ready to rearrange it. Like I'm going to make these shorter and like more to the point. I can't do it. I can't. I, it's just me. Yeah. It's like I talk and I can't help. Yeah. It. Like I, I get like, interested I mean, in the story. You don't want to cut stuff out. Let it be what it is. Well, no, and we're cutting a ton out. Like we could have really gone in and like dug in. Plus, you got kids. Wow, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's take take one last time. I don't know. Uh, you ain't got nothing. Nothing. Man, am I the only one with alcohol? I'm the bruise traveler, and I'm fucking. <laughs> I'm the only one left. That's fucked up. All right, y'all. Thanks for coming out, man. The theme music for the Hustle and Brews podcast, which you're hearing right now, is a song called Farmer's Name by the band Highly Likely. To hear more of their music, visit their site at highlylikelyband.com. That's H-I-G-H-L-Y-L-I-K-E-L-Y-B-A-N-D.com. The music you hear during the breaks on every episode are brought to you by Corey Christopher Beats. If you'd like to peruse his catalog of bangers, I encourage you to check out his YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Corey Christopher Beats. That's C-O-R-Y-C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-B-E-A-T-S. The Hustle and Bruise podcast is produced by none other than your DJ's favorite DJ and my brother, John Blaze. Oh, mm-hmm.
Hustle, 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 hustle